Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Realm and Ruin, a Warhammer podcast with a sprinkling of Warhammer on top. Um, <laughs> my name's Matt, and of course, joining me as always, my fellow co host by Sigmar's Teeth, it's Cameron. <laughs> by Sigmar's Teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I've this I've felt quite inspired from reading the Callus and Toll novel mm, which mm. I'm going to talk about in the hobby section. Excellent. It, they Excellent. use that they use that quite often. Mm. <laughs> Sigma's teeth. So I thought, ah, there we go. There's something to describe Cameron. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> oh, oh dear, man. it's going to be one of those shows. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> talking of shows, what is in today's show? So, as always, we're going to talk about the our hobby stuff, what we've been building, painting, mm. reading, trying to paint, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah. And then in the main lore topic, we're going to go back to 40k off the back of our uh, Megasode <laughs> in Age of Sigmar. And we're going to talk about the Gavthorpe novel Imperator, Wrath of the Omnisire, and go through that and see what we thought about it and the lore aspects of that. Yeah. And from a discussion topic point of view, we're going to go back to Age of Sigmar, off, again, off the back of the Soul Wars Megasode. And this one's going to be a little bit different. So from a discussion topic we're basically going to say what do we expect next to happen in the law so i what's happening you know post yeah. soul wars yeah okay so but before before we go into the hobby stuff cameron i'm gonna throw yeah. a little curveball into oh. it to you all right oh god okay oh i know <laughs> sitting down well, of course you're sitting sneaky. down yeah that'd I'm be a bit weird uh no I, <laughs> I i record standing up at all times obviously um <laughs> <laughs> how, how 2018 mm. <laughs> <laughs> so the curveball i'm throwing in is something i saw on reddit quite mm. recently someone on i think it was on the 40k law subreddit some mm. someone basically asked which primark would you remove from the canon so basically, oh. what 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 Primark would you mm. literally like? In, like they never existed. So not as yeah. of today in the law, but literally they were never there from the start. So mm. I'll ask it. You know, if you've got an answer now, great. If not, at any point in the show, you think you know what? Ooh. I've got my answer. Think about it in one of the breaks. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. So my issue here is that I really like all of the Primarks. They're all very cool. However, mm-hmm. however. There is one that I always seem to initially forget for a moment, uh, and that is Perturabo. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I, I love him; he's very sorry, cool. I'm, sorry, I'm, la- I'm laughing because that's yeah. the one I was gonna pick. Hey, there you I go. always forget about him as well. <laughs> like <laughs> when I'm reminded Carry he on. exists, he's really cool, and I love the Iron Warriors. Don't get me wrong; I don't want the Iron Warriors to be gone because there's some no, great no, no, books just the Primark, just the Primark. Yeah, but. And, I mean, he's cool. He's got some cool stuff written about him. I'm sure there's more out there that I haven't read. But, like, all the others I've seen a bit more of a focus on. Like, he's never been the star of the show as much. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, like, I mean, like, yeah. No, I love all my Primarchs. But he's just the least. (laughs) He's the least loved. He's still loved. Just the least loved. Um. (laughs) Yeah. He's one of those where I just think, what is the point of him to a degree i think mm. i think like i said if you if you forget about one of them then to me that's an instant candidate mm. to, <laughs> to go up for to be to be shelved yeah. I, I mean it, I, to, like you i don't think they should get rid of any of them because they've mm. all got their purpose they've all got you know it would be weird not having one of them i know we've yeah theoretically 
missing two from the start, but that doesn't matter because we don't know anything about them. So yeah. it, we're not missing anything. Whereas I think if you got rid of one now, knowing what we know, mm-hmm. that would be really weird. <laughs> like, oh, there's yeah, this like, real gap. Yeah. So yeah, Perturabo <laughs> definitely would be up there. One again, another one that I would personally put up there, but again, I think he's really cool is mm. uh, Corvax because 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 yeah, uh, uh, cause, uh, cause, yeah I, I just forget about it. <laughs> again same yeah, reason, but he, yeah, but he's very cool as well. Um, yeah, those are the two that don't stand out as much, I guess. Like, I mean, P- Perturabo is just an angstier dawn. Um, in a lot of depictions, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and, and so it's like, you know, it, it's the same thing with like in the actual 8th ed game, the Iron Warriors kind of got shafted with their Legion tactic because it's exactly the same as the Imperial Fists one. And I'm like, uh, that's a little lazy, but it's just like mm. those two are the polar opposites in terms of one traitor, one loyalist. And like, mm-hmm. they could be more interesting. Like, and then Cor- Corvax, he's just, he's not as good as the Night Haunter. Um, <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, I, mean, we, so I, I think I said Corvax, Corax, isn't it? Not Corv- Yeah, it's Corvus <laughs> Corax. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So I know it's my fault because I <laughs> said it wrong in the first place. I was like, hang on, no, it's not Corax, it's Corvax. No, it's Cor- Corv- yeah, Corax. It's Corax, not Corvax. <laughs> yeah, it's it's damn confusing. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, Sorry, like, carry on. They're both very cool. I love them both. They're great. But um, yeah, no, Corax doesn't have the same notoriety same infamy like he d- he did lots of very brave and heroic things but then you compare him with conrad kurz who is mm-hmm. a really defined um very sort of notorious character as far as like all the law like even the other primarchs like uh don't know about him um <laughs> <laughs> it- it's just like yeah th- those two i think are the easiest to forget about which is um why i would answer probably put Arabo for them but maybe maybe Corax. Oh. yeah shame but but like mm. i said it's not don't worry guys it's not happening no, no. <laughs> they're already embedded in the law now it was just we a have yeah, no hypothetical games workshop <laughs> no afraid not and i don't think they would like that suggestion no anyway <laughs> so yeah cool i just thought it'd be interesting to see what your thoughts are so yeah let's crack on with the hobby stuff anyway so cool. what have you been doing lately uh, a surprising amount of things, Ooh, actually. Intriguing. Um, so, uh, first off, night update. It lives. Uh, literally about half an hour ago, it I posted lives. on Twitter that it lives. Um, by <laughs> by that, I mean that I finally started magnetizing the night. We mm. good fun times with magnets. How have you, how have you found that? Um, harder than people on the internet make it seem, but easier than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> damn internet it's so true and you, you see a video like just simply do this and you're like oh yeah. great yeah and then five yeah. hours later oh yeah and a lot of swearing yeah uh fortunately it's a nurgle night so any oddities in the placements are just down to chaos uh you know the damn demons true story mucking yep. up my war engines um but no uh <laughs> i i say it lives because it's at the point where everything except a head is attachable um a, in terms of i can I could put this on the table and no one would tell me to take it off the table because they can't tell what it has. Uh, which mm-hmm. at the moment I've got the Reaper Chainsword and the Thunderstrike Gauntlet, uh, magnetized and attachable. And nice. over the next week or so, I'm probably going to work on the different gun arms so I can get those as well. But like it lives because I can assemble it and look at it and go, that's a, that's a chaos knight. Yes. Excellent. It's um, right near you now, isn't it? As yeah. Yeah. I've got it. I've got it on the desk in front of me. 
um, which is great. Uh, I also magnetized the 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 leg and torso joint because prior to this, I just as a stopgap put a big old piece of sprue as like a pin through there. Uh, just, oh, good idea. Yeah, just to hold it in place before I got ready to do that. But t- you know, today I magnetized it and it holds together super well, so I'm really happy with that as well. Um, it's got a looks like it's going to hold the weight properly and everything. Um, I've done some painting for it. I've started painting more of the armor panels. Uh, I started painting, I'm using a Plague Monk banner, uh, instead of the little piece of groin armor. I'm just going to stick that mm-hmm. on there because it fits really well. Uh, and I wanted to push myself, so I'm going to try, keyword try, <laughs> to do a freehand <laughs> Nurgle image on the banner, which I've sort of sketched oh, out. Oh, excellent. A little, I think I put that up on the Twitter and Discord. Uh, and then I went one step further and went, you know, no, no, what, no. I've spent a long time getting this knight looking just how I want. I'm going to go further, and now I'm going to try and build a little chaos cockpit to insert into the body, so I'll keep the carapace removable. Wow, you're really going for this. Uh, I'm, I'm like, it's such a joyous project for me for some reason. Like, I know <laughs> way back in, like, our, I think it was our first or second episode, I was talking about that feeling of, like, childlike joy, like, working yep. on some yep. of the Death Guard kits, and it's like... Hey, I found it again. Apparently, it's in the night kit, which is an incredible kit, and there's lots of cool things you can do with it, and there's all the bits, and you get to play with magnets now, and like, oh, I'm really, really happy with how it's coming along. Uh, I nice. put up on the Twitter a question of how I should try and represent carapace weapons, because the tree does take up a lot of room, um, <laughs> so if you have any potential answers for that, uh, hit us up on Twitter and let me know what, <laughs> what I should do to get a couple of autocannons or a missile launcher up on there. Um but, yeah, no, I'm really excited with the night. Uh, also, Kill Team. Yay. Yay. Uh, everyone kill loves team. Kill Team. I love Kill Team. I wrote a Kill Team list when I went down to the store. I just kind of snagged the core manual there, and I looked through it, and was like, oh, I'm going to make an Imperial Guard custom regiment that's going to be a Penal Legion, because I wanted to experiment with mixing the Skatari and Cadian and Scion kits all together. Uh, and <laughs> the Fabius Bile of uh, podcasting. Uh, it's gr- it's great. Um, so yeah, I've I've written up an eleven man kill team with a bunch of uh, basically a bunch of Scion specialists and then a bunch of guardsmen to run in front of them and get shot. Um, <laughs> because it is a penal legion. <laughs> yeah, <of laughs> they're course, not yeah. they're not there to have a good time. Um, but. So for my basic guard troopers, the penal troopers, basically, uh, what I'm doing is I'm taking the Cadian bodies and using the Skitari, uh vanguard heads, the, the helmets, and the Skitari legs, the bionic legs. And my end, res- uh, my end point that I came to from a law point for that was uh, this this was a penal legion, and, you know, they're veterans are the people who've worked through their sentences and been pardoned and been chosen to stay on and keep fighting because they're good enough. And mm-hmm. one day there was a horrible, horrible accident involving a minefield negotiation uh, test. Uh, <laughs> not again. At the same oh. time as there was a horrible, horrible administratum error, and they ended up with a few million extra bionic legs in stock. Um, oh. Now, listen... Those veterans need good, proper working legs. They can't have these millions of shoddy, low-level bionic legs. What is our solution to this? All the brand-new, quote-unquote, recruits, the people who've done terrible crimes and been sent to the Penal Legion, their legs go to the veteran squads. The veterans can have the mm-hmm. legs, and they yep. get the crappy augmentic legs. When you've worked through your sentence and get put in a veteran squad, you get new legs from some of the new recruits. <laughs> it's like <laughs> carrot and stick incentive to keep them from deserting and getting their heads blown up by their shot collars. Um, 
(laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, And it's been really fun. I've got most of them modeled. If I'd finished all of them last night, I would have gone into the store to play today. But um, at the moment, they're not all finished. So I'm going to go in on like Thursday next week or something and try a Mm. couple games of Kill Team, which is going to be really fun. Is your store, you know, going to take it on board kill team because I, uh, I know it's one of those games <laughs> where i think it'll have mixed sort of reaction but yeah is yours mm. sort of going for it uh i'm gonna put it this way i was hanging out in there on thursday when i was writing up the kill team list um thursday mm-hmm. night is the late night shopping night so the store is open till nine or ten so it's the, yep. the game night at the store out of about 20 people there over the course of a couple of hours 18 of them were making kill teams (laughs) 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 like i walked in there were three other guys there yeah three (laughs) other guys there sitting on the table like oh what are you doing like i'm doing my uh craft world kill team like what are you doing i'm doing my gray knights kill team well how about you well i'm working on this bane blade but i'm also doing my uh imperial guard kill team i'm like yeah cool excellent wonderful (laughs) thing is the way way you're describing that it sounds like you're talking to one person because that's the thing with kill team everyone's doing Mm. multiple kill teams like oh i'm gonna do a thousand suns one i'm gonna do a craft world one (laughs) yeah i mean like why not why not it's so easy to do them I mean, to be fair, if I wanted, I wouldn't even need to build anything. I could just pick up my finished Poxwalkers and Plague Marines and run a Death yeah. Kill Team. But yeah, I want I want to do my custom regiment first and play with them first. So that'll yeah, be fun. you want to look cool from the start, really, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I like my Death Guy look cool. Come on, they're great. Oh but yeah, well, I want to do hey, something. Hey, wait, wait, whoa, whoa. That's not oh, that's oh. no disrespect <laughs> to your uh, your Death Guard. It's I know, just, I'm just uh, kidding. <laughs> you know, but, you know, that's your Penal Legion. These are you know these are custom made. You know, this is, I can imagine well. you going down with your your brand new kill team mm. carry case oh, and yeah. out they come, you know, here's, um, what, what are their names, some of them? Ha- um, Hammerhead Johnson and... Uh, Hardhead and Jackson, I think. It, that's Hardhead it. Jackson, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's great. Um, honestly, the, the only unconverted model so far is a commissar with power sword and plasma pistol, and I'm actually running him as the guardsman sergeant. Because it's a penal mm. legion. The only officers yeah. are people who are like the correctional kind of officer. Um, Makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's lots of fun. I'm looking forward to playing that. So, hopefully, next episode I can talk about how Kill Team is to play because it seems really cool so far. Yes. Um, people at the store also, we we had a big chat about the, the, the optimal Kill Team that everyone should want to try, which is four lictors and nothing else. Hmm. <laughs> interesting. 25 points each they can take most of the specialization so you can run a team of four lictor specialists as a tyranid kill team and just go nuts and really play into the oh am i over here am i over there you can't shoot me because <laughs> you're at long range i'm next to a piece of cover so you've got a negative three to hit um <laughs> i'll tell you what i find quite interesting which i read i mean I, i'm presuming mm. it's it's correct that the, the fact that adeptus astartes can't take medics um, yeah, which, they can't, which is a bit weird. Which was, you know, considering they have apothecaries, mm. I find that a bit of an odd thing, <laughs> but, you know, uh, I, I mean... I mean no, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know, mean like, odd, odd. for matched play, the medic isn't super good. Um, like no, I've cam- heard that. For campaign play, they're really good, because later on you can, you know, actually heal people on the field and stuff like that, I think. Mm. But, yeah. like, for, for match play, medic's not so good, so it's not a big blow for, like, most True. quick pickup kill team games uh i mean like a lot of factions straight up can't take medics at all like uh death guard can't be medics mm-hmm. 
which why would they want to have a medical yeah, team? Yeah, makes sense. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it's good that they've done that, that, that there is consistency in mm. that. That they think, yeah. well, yeah, you can have that. Because I suppose, it's, is it the same with the Tyranids as well? Because I'm sure they yeah, probably have some restrictions yeah. of what they can I'm and can't have. I'm pretty sure they can't have medics. Um, the most interesting discrepancy between uh, specialisations that I've seen is that Gretchen can be leaders. Um, <laughs> goes without saying, really, doesn't it? <laughs> um, and, <You'd... laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the the problem is if you run a full kill team of Gretchen, 20 Gretchen is only about 30 or 40 points. Um, <laughs> That's the thing, you've still got all those, still got like 60 points left. Yeah, <laughs> um, so, like, everyone was joking, but I want to see competitive kill team become a thing, and I want to see the 30 or 40 point team of Grotz go up against a full 100-point kill team and just wipe the floor with them somehow. Yes. I would be amazed to see that. Like, it would have to be the most tactical kill team game ever. Like, you would inch the grots <laughs> forward, use the fact that they can't be seen behind most scenery because they're so goddamn short, so you can actually completely hide them from most long-range fire. Um, Just, like, inch around the board, <laughs> gang up with, like, six grots on one Imperial Guardsman at a time, that kind of thing. It would be so funny to see. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's what's great about this game that mm. you've got so much possibility you know oh, yeah. well and also what's coming as well which we'll cover in the new section mm-hmm. actually this, this i think they're really taking this game seriously which is great yeah, yeah definitely which is pretty great um yeah. and my my final bit of hobby is i picked up a book uh not the Ooh. one you're going to talk about i picked up eight lamentations the spear of shadows by josh Reynolds. oh yes yep mm-hmm. uh because mostly because <laughs> Uh, one of my, uh, one of the people I know better at the store keeps badgering me to read it because he fucking loves it. Um, <laughs> and then, the, and then the manager went, you know, no, that is actually really good. And I'm like, okay, okay. Two people are telling me I should read this book. I'm going to read this book. <laughs> uh, Have you started yeah. it yet? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've started, I'm not super deep in, but it's really interesting so far. So the, um, the, 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 the hook for the book, I guess is first off, it's all about Grungni. So, like, Grungni, the god, is actually in the book. He shows up, he talks to people, that kind of stuff. He kills Happy a days. bunch of Skaven with fire, uh, which is great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the, the eight lamentations in the title are eight weapons forged by Korn's master smiths, one from each Oh, realm. okay. Uh, and right. the Spear of Shadows is one of these weapon, it's weapons. It's a spear that if you say someone's name and then throw the spear, the spear will unerringly find that person and kill them, even if they're in a different realm. Like, it will tear between the realms and then to hit its target. Um, so, it's a pretty powerful weapon. Um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, these these eight lamentations, these eight terrifying weapons have begun to be discovered and used again. And everyone's looking for the Spear of Shadows because it is, like, the easiest to use, I guess, of all of them. It's mm-hmm. not like the axe that might kill you if you swing it the wrong way or something. No, it's a spear you throw <laughs> yeah. and it kills someone. Yeah, I hate those type of axes. They're a pain, <laughs> pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, Excellent. it seems, seems great so far. We've got like a, an, a, I was going to say an empire, but a free guild gunner. Um, we've got a vampiress, like a female blood knight, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it, again, this is Josh Reynolds, so he writes Stormcast better than anyone. There's some cool Stormcast characters hanging around, yep. but they're not the focus of the narrative, which is interesting. They, the Stormcast are mm. just in the trenches fighting Skaven. I don't think they'll show up anywhere else in the book. Because they have to be there fighting the Skaven. Um, yeah. yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah well, that's the thing. I, I with and which <laughs> which I'll go on to when I talk about one of the novels I've read. It, mm. It's it's good having 
some stories in Age of Sigma where it's not based around the Stormcast. I mean, yeah. I, I like them, but it gets a bit, you know, sometimes it's similar if you read 40K and you, you're mm. always reading Space Marine books and you're like, yeah, sometimes like, no, I want to, you know, read a, an Eisenhorn or something like that, you know, something that's just, just different or, mm. you know, one I, I keep plugging, which is Rise of the Inari Ghost Warrior, because I just find that such a great book. Yeah. So, which yeah. is, you know, gives a completely different perspective on things and like it doesn't have any Space Marines in it. Yeah. So, yeah. no, I think it's it's great that Age of Sigma is starting to do those sort of things as well. Mm, definitely. Like, I'm looking forward to tearing through the rest of it probably over the course of the, just the next couple of days because it's a super cool book. Um, Excellent. Anyway, yeah, that, that's been me, more or less. Oh, how about you? Right, okay, what have I been doing? I have been buying, reading, and painting. Wow. Um, <laughs> I know, that swear word, the P yeah. word, painting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, right, what have I been doing? So, as of hopefully today, I've got Kill Team on the way. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. should be arriving, fingers crossed, today. Um, so, it, it's one of those things where... I've been saying all along, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to buy the core rule book. I'll, you know, I've got, I've got plenty of models. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You know, I, I'm, you know, I'm saving, you know, we've got a baby on the way. I'm saving money or trying to save money. I should uh, say. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah, don't worry. I'll just get the rule book. That'll serve me. And then, you know, obviously the more you see and then everyone's like, oh, look at the terrain. I'm like, yeah, it's all right. Mm. Yeah, it's all right. I don't don't like it. <laughs> Wink. Um, and then and then you know the more you see of it, you're like, oh yeah. And then the, you you know there's certain data cards that you only get in the box set, and I'm like, yeah, mm, yeah, okay, that's maybe another reason to get it. Okay, no, I'm still going to get the core rule book. And then as soon as it comes out on uh, one of the indie stores that I bought it from, and mm. when I, it was literally. Well, I've got it for sixty two pounds fifty, which that's is off good. the eighty pounds. Yeah. I was thinking. Look, I, if I went down to GW now and bought the book, that would be £25. And for mm. just almost double that, I can get the whole box set. And I thought, yeah, yeah. no brainer. Fine. Let's do it. Let's roll with it. So, yeah, I've got that. <laughs> so, I've got that coming. Um, I was saying on the Discord last night that mm. one thing I'm going to try to do is build a base for the you know for, to play on as well. So, what mm-hmm. I want to do, I'm going because I'm going to the hardware store for other reasons over the weekend so i'm there i'm gonna so what my plan is to get basically get some some mdf and then sort of put a rim around uh, what would take two of the mats because obviously the mats as we've said Mm. before are 22 by 30 inches for kill for kill team but obviously if you want to play three or four player matches you need two two of them side by side yeah so uh so i'm gonna put like a rim around it so you could literally just put the mats in and then it's all you know it's already they don't move around or anything like yeah. that so yeah i've got a few ideas actually one thing i don't know if you've seen um you may have not have done is that have you seen what some people have been combining some of the things you can buy on the gw site from a terrain mm. point of view where yeah. they, you can make a train out of it where they're basically oh, really? taking like i think it's the one that it's that crane loader set that yeah. You can buy, yeah and then there's the one that the one that comes with all the um like canisters and things like mm. that um you can what some people are doing is combining the two and you can make a train out of it oh, and then man. using that as a oh, kill man. team battle zone it's like that's awesome that's what i love about kill zone <laughs> um kill zone well kill zone kill, kill team. teams um because they are kill zones aren't they so yeah it, i just love the fact that people are going to get super creative as well like mm. again on reddit la- last night i saw someone who's i don't think they did it necessarily for kill team i think it was actually more for necromunda but what they've done is they've created like a billboard an interactive billboard using yeah. an old old mobile phone 
So oh, basically, man. put an old mobile phone <laughs> on a on a stand, and it looks like a like a like an advert billboard yeah, like you see yeah. out of like Blade Runner or something like oh, that. It's man. it looks amazing. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's the really thing. People awesome. are going to get super creative with this. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait. So yeah, so that's Kill Team. Um, whilst painting wise, I mm-hmm. have been painting my Death Guard, uh, which are going to be my my first Kill Team that I'm going to use. Um, mm. I'll be honest, I've not really done much with them from a conversion or kit bashing point of view. I've just literally just used the the base ones that we get. Um, but you know, it's just you know a bit a nice bit of dry brushing. I'm gonna. Uh, doing slightly different colors like i'm doing them with like purple bolters for example i'm rather mm. than using brass um rims for the pauldrons i'm going to use like a darker green to go along yeah. with the normal death guard yeah. green so i'm yeah i'm just gonna you know just make them uh, similar to the the ones you see but with a slight twist to them as well so and mm. again it's just mm. just get to you know, get painting really yeah. um i'm also yeah. going to do a dark angels kill team as well because uh, i've had those dark angels uh the reavers and the intercessors for a while the ones that come with first strike yeah. i've had them base coated for <laughs> for a while now i'm thinking right well that's perfect i can make a kill team out of those because they're sort of they're sort of unaccounted for at the moment <laughs> so mm-hmm. to you know use it from a 40k point of view so yep so that's the next team i'm going to make after that i've got a box of uh, Rubik Marines that I can use it at some yep, point. Yep. I've got well, I did have a box of spare Skatari, but obviously one will come <laughs> with the box set anyway. So yeah, um, yeah, I would like to do a Craft World ones at, at one mm-hmm. point. Um, but time, money, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. usual excuses, etc. So yeah, but it's it's been great to start actually get you know find time painting because like I said I haven't done anything for weeks now just because of other commitments. So mm. I think this is this is the brilliance of Kill Team and and on our discord we've gone a bit crazy this is the great thing that like like you know like um like adrian for example he you know he's a mm. painter you know he's not really you know as such he's only he, he's getting into the law he's not really played any yeah, of it but he yeah. even he's building kill team so he can start playing it at, yeah. with, you know local people local clubs it's brilliant you know this is what i think is perfect for People, well, I won't say all of us, but for some of us like me, who has got limited time, limited availability, you know, where, you know, in essence, you would love to have a 3000 point army, but really, will I get the time to paint it, build it and play with it? Probably not. So kill team is perfect. And and it's quite sad. But what I'm going to do is when when I've got kill team up and running is I'm going to run a few practice games with my wife. Uh, She doesn't know that yet, but I'm going to. Well, you're going to. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah um just you, you just you know she, she won't have any idea what's going on but it'll be just you know just get to know the rules and uh and games and then hopefully i can get some of my mates over because again yeah. i've got a couple of mates that are into board games but not into you know into war gaming but i think this will get them involved because it's it's small mm. games you know half an hour games yeah i think this is a good time for kill team oh yeah so, right, what else have I been doing? Um, right, the rest of it has been reading slash listening because uh, some mm. of them are audio books. Yeah. So I have read. Um, on, I'm on back on the the Horus Heresy train. I'm slowly mm-hmm. trying to catch up. So I've done books thirteen and fourteen. So I've done Nemesis by James Swallow, which mm-hmm. was had a bit of a mixed reaction to it because I was reading the reviews of it before I read it because it's based around a team of assassins that are trying to take out Horus before yeah. things get any worse but also there's a, a another assassin that's trying to take on the you know kill the emperor at the same time yeah um yeah. it it got a bit of stick, I think, at the time because a lot of people were thinking oh it's every like a lot of the characters were very were 
very tropey you know they were sort mm. of there they were you know you had an angry one you had a, a <laughs> sexy one if that it really applies but it, it you know it sort of worked and you know but overall it was actually a very good take and again it wasn't about space marines it yeah. was similar to when i read mechanicum as part of horus heresy it was nice to sort of be out of the the standard space marine side mm. of the heresy yeah you know so yeah. and then and then dip back in and then I did dip back in because then I went on to read The First Heretic by uh, everyone's favourite author, ADB. Um, mm-hmm. And it's all about Lorgar and how really, you know, how it started off, you know, his corruption, which obviously in turn started off the corruption of the Horus Heresy as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, really good First Heretic. Fantastic. Because it's, it's held in high regard um, from the Horus Heresy point of view. So, yeah, spot on First Heretic. And Excellent. the great thing is now the next book is Prospero Burns which I can't wait to read, especially <laughs> after the after reading Thousand Sons, which was yeah, a, probably yeah. the best book so far, I would say. Um, right, what else have I been reading? Um, I read some book. Uh, it's called uh, Imperator, Wrath of the Omnissiah. <laughs> uh, to say some book, because uh, that's what we'll be talking about <laughs> later this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, re- I'll, I'll save my thoughts on that uh, until we cover it, but I, re- I but I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Mm, um, yeah. But I think the be- the book that I've really enjoyed, which really was a curveball for me, which was Callison and Toll, which mm-hmm. is the shil- the called the- sorry, it's called Callison Toll, the the Silver Shard. Yeah. So this is a book by Nick Horth. Uh, it's re- only come out probably in the last month or so. It's, I think it was last from what week, I under- actually. <laughs> last week, yeah, yes. <laughs> it shows you how quickly I've read it. I just, I absolutely yeah. stormed through it because I enjoyed it so much. From what I understand is it's off the back of a book called The City of Secrets, Mm -hmm. which came out a a little while ago. Um, I've actually got it coming today in the post via Amazon saying that because I I didn't realize it was off the back of that. But I think Mm -hmm. they were two characters that, you know, were were in it as a normal novel. And then this is like they've decided to do a like a side novel yeah, you know yeah. like spin-off of uh of these two characters now callus is a free guilds soldier and toll mm-hmm. is a witch hunter Excellent. and it is a awesome combination uh, again but i'm sort of saying too much because it's still quite new and therefore people probably haven't had a chance to read it it's very lord of the rings like you know you've got mm-hmm. like a fellowship of different characters probably similar okay. to the book that you were talking about a minute yeah, ago that you've yeah. um the spear of shadows you know that's similar to where mm-hmm. you've got a, a group of you know, misfits in a manner of speaking. Um, it's a bit Indiana Jones like. There's a few scenes in it which, again, without spoiling it, you'll you'll understand. Um, Callus and Toller's two characters are fantastic. Um, you've got some really cool elven characters in it. The main bad guy is really cool. You've mm-hmm. got like when you get towards the end of the novel. There's a bit, you know, again, a real curveball where like a certain race comes out of nowhere. I won't say which Ooh. race it is because I don't okay. want to spoil it. And you're like, oh, yeah. I wasn't expecting them to turn up. Um, <laughs> it's a bit Pirates of the Caribbean because a lot, a lot of it is based on the water, uh, where they, you know they're part of like, they're effectively on a, an elven pirate ship and fighting monsters and yeah. uh, you know yeah. dealing with raiders and things like that. So it's it's got a lot of influence. It's like. Um, I think as well. I said it's it's like an age age of Sigma version of Eisenhorn in some ways. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not it's not it's not it's not narrated. You know, not from a narration no, point no. because obviously Eisenhorn narrates the the novels, but it's just you know it's that where you know Toll is because he's a witch hunter. He's a bit like mm. an inquisitor in some ways. Uh, you know, he's he's getting a team together to do you know to to achieve the cause he's after you know again yeah. obviously it's yeah. connected to the silver shard hence the title mm-hmm. i again if it, for anyone that 
is either getting into Age of Sigmar or wants to read something that's not like the Realmgate war books where it's all about Stormcast and things like that, this is a perfect novel for that. It's fantastic. It's really well written. It's really easy to read as well. Not in a mm-hmm. derogatory way, but you know, it just it just flows nicely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I thoroughly is what it was. I think what surprised me about this, it was one of those that I didn't know much about, and it was just one of those that popped up. I was like, oh, I didn't know much about that one. Um, gave it a go, and it's far, you know far surpassed what I was expecting out of it. So definitely, definitely recommend that. Um, and the last thing which I've started is I off the <laughs> just spur of the moment I bought Hunger by Andy Smiley. Uh, Hunger is uh, it's out on the GW site at the moment as a CD, but it's actually an audio drama that you can get on Audible. Um, it's quite cheap. It's only about well over here in the UK it's about three pound fifty, but then it is only about an hour and a quarter long, so it's quite short. Yeah. Um, I'm about 20 minutes in. It's basically about um, the Flesh Terrors and Gabriel Seth, their chapter master, mm-hmm. battling Tyranids, effectively. Um, and so far, it's fantastic. I mean, because it's an audio drama, so you've got about yeah. 10 different actors and actresses in there. It, it the, the, the one frustrating thing about listening to it is it makes me want this to be every single book. <laughs> you know, every book. If they, oh, yeah. if every book was an audio drama, it would be fantastic. It is. Mm-hmm. It's you know, I'm 20 minutes in, and so far, just it, it's wow. So again, I, again, I can't say what it, how it's going to end up because I haven't finished it yet. But I think if you're into it and you've got a spare couple of pound or couple of dollars and you want to listen to something for an hour, check out Hunger by uh, yeah. Andy Smiling because it, awesome. it looks like it's going to be really good. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Like I said that's uh, it's been you know been quite productive over the last yeah, few weeks actually managed to... <laughs> <laughs> so it's dealing with this uk heat wave we've got at the moment so... <laughs> yeah can't go out <laughs> it can't go out stay in <laughs> just listen to audible <laughs> so it's uh yeah it's been really cool so uh yeah so that's been our hobby section so um we'll uh take a quick break and uh Pray to the Omnissiah for a bit, and, <laughs> and, then, and then when we're back, we'll talk about what's been happening in the news. Back shortly. And welcome back. It's news time. Hooray. Let's see what's been going on in the news. Um, and as, as expected, it's going to be a bit Kill Team and AOS Soul Wars heavy, I would say, because yeah, yeah, that's what's been going stuff. down. That's, you know, that's what's going on. In the world, in the uh, the world of G Dubs, um, so right. Let's start with Kill Team. So I, I know we've mentioned it in previous shows that, but obviously, as of we're recording this today, even though the episode probably won't be out for a, a few more days after this, that Kill Team is out officially today. So yeah. as I alluded to in the you know hobby stuff, it's arriving. So so yeah, let's see what's out. So yeah, you got the box set, which. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is looking glorious uh, it's looking mm-hmm. very glorious indeed so i mean for pr- pretty much everyone that is going to give you everything you need <laughs> to yeah. to be effectively yeah. play kill team uh, you got the terrain which looks fantastic you get two kill teams with it you get the gene stealer cults and the uh, adeptus mechanicus which is a team of skatari of vanguards mm-hmm. um, and rangers and you got data cards you got lovely dice including the cheeky mm-hmm. uh, D10 or two in there as well. Yep, yep. Um, the rule book and yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it's 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 a lovely looking package, and I think yeah, you yeah. know for the money, it's it's a great little starter set. So yeah, looking forward definitely. to it. I, w- I would so, like uh, to t- say, hold on, just mm. a second. Yeah, I'd like to say I'm yeah. continuing on from uh, last episode. Uh, 
Kill Team has some very nice dice. They're very good. <laughs> nice dice. <laughs> I, I got to look at them in store. They are black with like bright orange pips, and they are super quick and easy to read. So that's why I like nice. them. Nice. They're very good. That is why they're nice dice. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, for, like we said in the, the hobby section, you can buy the rule book separately as well. So if you mm. feel you've got enough terrain and enough kill teams, which I imagine a lot of people will do because, <laughs> you know, most things mm. you can make a kill team. Uh, yeah. So you can get the book for, uh, which, which looks quite, again, it's quite a beefy book as well. It's yeah, about yeah. at least 200 odd pages, which, mm. you know, considering it's, a small game in air quotes it's uh, you know you're getting quite a lot in for that but then again that's a good thing because again compared to the previous iteration of kill team where you needed the seventh edition 40k mm. rule book in yeah. addition to the yeah. kill team book you don't need anything to go no. with this the kill team rule book will cover well as of today because obviously they're going to add additional factions and kill teams no doubt down the line then you know this will give you everything you need which i think is absolutely fantastic good way of doing it well done. Um, you've got a lovely carry case, which I think is actually a really cool idea, actually. Um, you know, I, I think cost-wise, it's not too bad. I think it's, over here it's about £20. And I think what's quite cool as well is this it has, it's quite multifunctional as well. I think you can get about 20 models in it. And I can imagine some, for some people, this is a one where, let's be honest, you could quite easily take a kill team and a Shadespire team in there and yeah. go down to your local yeah. club. You know, if you're there for oh, yeah. you know, to play a couple of different games, and I think that's a great way of doing it because the amount of times I've gone to a game store or a games workshop, and <laughs> you can to me, you can see the people that in the before you get there who is who is heading to that shop with mm. models. Like yeah. the amount of times I'll be in, I'll be in, in you know shopping somewhere. <laughs> you know, it could be a, it could be in a in a town or city that I've never been to or you know mm. for the first time, and you know me and me and the wife are walking around the shops, and I'll, I'll just glance at someone and I'm like. He's off to Games Workshop because they're carrying almost like a guitar <laughs> case worth of models yeah, on, yeah. <laughs> on, on their arms. And so it, it's gr- I think it's great that you've got this little sort of lunchbox size carry case mm, mm. that, you know, like I said, you can take, you know, up to 20 models. So that could be one kill team. That could be, you know, up to four, really, four yeah. to five, depending yeah. on, you know, what kill teams you're going for. Uh, mm. I think that's great. I think that's a really cool, really, really cool idea. Yeah, um, definitely. And again, I can see uh, sort of third-party customized ones coming at some point. You know, mm, I can see mm. people getting on that train as well. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um. So they off the back of the box set as well is they have released a couple of pre-done kill teams as well. So you've mm. got the first sort of two main ones. You've got a Space Wolves one, which is the Fangs of Ulfric, which yep. which is I think a couple mainly Reavers I think in there with and what's cool as well is you've got a nice bit of terrain in there as well yeah I mean that surprised yeah. me actually with these kill teams I'm surprised that they do you do you do you feel they did that to sort of maximize things because obviously I suppose if you buy a kill team similar to like when you buy a shades by a team um or warband I should say yeah where yeah. you know you've got you know three to seven models you've mm. got some cards and that you know that's it really whereas obviously in a kill team you're getting the you know again x amount of models you're then mm. getting you know the the rules and and data cards that come with them but then you've got this nice bit of cheeky terrain on the side that comes yeah, with it yeah. which uh, i think that's a really cool idea um oh yeah do you it's see, definitely a great do idea you, do you, i was gonna say though do you see them Similar again, similar to what they did with Shade Spy, where you can buy the models mm. without the cards. Can you see? Yeah. You can see that where they do a kill team where you can buy them without 
the terrain, or do you feel that because uh, a lot of these are based on current models, they won't bother with yeah. that? Yeah, I, I think how it's going to play out is because I've read the Kill Team Core manual. It has the rules for all the available factions. So, mm-hmm. if you're playing Kill Team, I'm ass- I'm pretty sure Games Workshop is assuming that you or someone close to you has a copy of the Core manual. And so, the data cards are a convenience thing. And yeah, I not think a necessity. Yeah. Not a necessity. Um, so, if you really want to play a Kill Team of a given faction, you don't have to buy that Kill Team's little Kill Team box. Because also, they might someone might not want to run Reavers in their Space Wolf Kill Team, for example. Um, yeah. That box is there to... <sighs> to help, I, th- I think it's there to push, um, like, these are some cool models for Kill Team, this is some cool terrain for Kill Team, like, th- this is part of Games Workshop's book on a really support Kill Team a lot, uh, statement, which is, this is actually a really great deal for the price, like, the terrain is a lot, the terrain's basically being given to you at a huge discount, um. Yeah, true. <laughs> and it's like, the data cards aren't a necessary thing, again, so you're not forced to buy this if you were, if you want to run either an orc or a space, uh, space marines or space wolf kill team. You don't need to buy either of these two little new kill teams. You can just use what you already have, or you can mm-hmm. buy your own kits and make your own. It's like, this is, it's hard to explain exactly what I'm trying to, <laughs> what I'm trying to say. I feel like I'm talking in circles. Um, but it is, <laughs> it is, um, it, it is definitely them doing their best to support the game. I think it, it's saying mm-hmm. if you want to get started, if you want a little more variation, you don't want to just have the terrain from the core box here, mix it up with this, you know, start this new kill team. Here's a quick and easy start. You get all this, all the convenient stuff and you get, some more terrain to help change things up as you change up the yeah. teams. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah, know. I can see, yeah. it, it's a weird product, but I really like it because, you know, the savings are good. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, I, I agree with you. I think it, it's a really good way of doing it because ultimately, if you, like, I'm, I'm looking at the, the Drop Force Imperator one, yeah. uh, which is actually, as of today's recording, is, is gone up for pre order, which is the Astra Militarum one, but it's basically some, a squad of five Tempestus Skyons, um, plus mm. some really nice looking terrain as well. You know, you, you get in some armored containers, some Promethean yeah, barrels, yeah. some supply crates. And again, I, I think it's because for a lot of people that, you, you don't necessarily have either have the terrain or mm. in a position to make some because you know when i look at terrain, i i personally would rather make some or at least combine a, com- a combination of custom with you know bits yeah. like this but you know for someone you look at this you, so you look at the drop force imperata collection here you so you're getting f- those five um imperial guards you're getting the, mm-hmm. the the train you're getting the book and like i said the convenience this is a very convenient set but like i said yeah, for someone yeah. they may already have those guardsmen so they think okay mm. i don't need to buy any more and yeah. i make my own train and like okay that's fine then yeah. you don't need don't you don't need, need this set it's mm. you know it's i think it's a it's a it's a, a win-win situation yeah. it's convenient yeah. for people that want it to be convenient and if you don't need it you don't mm. buy it <laughs> ultimately yeah. you've got yeah. your own you've got your own things to to use i think this is a very yeah. flexible game mm. and i think it's going to get even better 
to be honest. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I can't wait to see what they do. Oh, um, absolutely. i tell you what I do like. Um, again, on pre-order today, it's the, um, the Killzone expansion for uh, Sector Munitorum environment. Yes. Which is, it's the price of a start collecting box. It's a new battle map with a whole bunch of themed terrain to go with it. Mm-hmm. And it looks yep. like some data cards, some a special rules booklet for playing in that kill zone as well. So, like, different battlefield terrain rules and things like that. Uh, and it looks really good. Again, as far as terrain prices are concerned, really, really good. It's steel. I, I gotta say, um, <laughs> Games Workshop is pushing the terrain sales. Like, uh, cause I, like I said, I went into the shop on Thursday. They're pushing terrain sales for Kill Team. Cause I looked on the shelf and there were like two boxes of what looked like eight to ten year old Citadel Woods packs. <laughs> like with the, with the old Citadel logo in the old white cream box and everything <laughs> yeah. and like i looked on the back and it showed a regiment of uh wood elves on their square bases all piled together in their little <laughs> in their little formation i was like oh i'm, I'm feeling nostalgic for a thing i never truly participated in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no i think i think it's i think i'm surprised mm. they've not pushed this before because ultimately this one thing you're always going to need you're always going to need terrain and the mm. fact yeah. for a lot of this it's very flexible because ultimately, oh, yeah. you could buy that set there. That's good in Kill Team. That's good in mm. 40k. That's yeah. good in Necromunda. Um, you know, any <laughs> great, yeah, great for Necromunda. I mean, it's perfect. I mean, they they they're going to go side by side in some ways. Mm. Um, it would be good in Horus Heresy if you play 30k. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's apart from Age of Sigmar, it's pretty much you know useful in everything you do. Um, mm. I mean, again, going back to this um, set that you're talking about, again, mm. you can see, look, looking at the photo, that's the one where you can actually make the train out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where you can combine those models together, make a train, mm. and then you can have, you know, the, this really cool little scenario that's based on, you know, hijacking mm. a train or things like that. So, no, I I think it's, I'm again, I'm surprised they've not done this before, but obviously they realised mm. that this is the perfect opportunity oh, yeah. for them to do oh, it. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, I think, and I think for some of us, it'll just be, you know, a quick, easy way to get some train up. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Happy days. Um, Happy days so the you. other sort of two... <laughs> Two kill teams that we've not mentioned so far that are mm. out, or one's out and one's about to come out. You've got uh, Krog Skull's Boys, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which is a great name. <laughs> Krog, <laughs> Krog Skull's Boys are coming <laughs> to get yeah. Um, so they're they're an orc team, as you'd imagine. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, it's just, I just felt inspired. And you've mm. got oh, again for pre-order. You've got a, uh, a Gene Stealer. Uh, Tyranid kill team, which is called the Writhing Shadow, which looks mm. really cool. Which comes yeah. with, well, it actually comes with the same terrain that the uh, Imperator force comes yeah. with as well. Yeah. So it's basically you've got one with Gene Stealers and one mm. with Tempestus Scions. Yeah. yeah. So mm, happy days. Happy days. Um, and Not you can buy. To fighting all those orcs. Um, no. <laughs> Krog just... skulls, boys. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just like. Because there's a lot of minuses to hit in Kill Team, like if you're behind cover, there's a minus to hit you. If you're more than ha- more than half the weapon's range away, there's a minus to hit you. But mm-hmm. then the kill the Kill Team starter box for Orcs is you get five guys with flamethrowers, auto hits, <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, yeah, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair point, fair point. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it, Kill Team's looking looking awesome, mm. and I'm sure they're going to keep pushing more out. So let's oh, let's yeah. wait and see what else comes out. 
Mm. Right, let's let's go on the other side of the fence. Let's go to Age mm-hmm. of Sigmar. So, yeah. off the back of the Soul Wars train that's firmly at the station <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, uh, still they've really Yes, <laughs> forevermore. So, there's more Stormcast and more Nighthaunt, which mm. is basically a combination of what was in the in the starter set plus a few new extra miniatures yeah. that are available. Yeah. So, from the stormcast side of things you've mm-hmm. there's a new start collecting box which is the thunderstrike brother brotherhood mm-hmm. almost said that as a brotherhood um brotherhood. thunderstrike brotherhood <laughs> get it down the local pub um don't know where my uh, cockney accent came from there um so <laughs> these this start oh, collecting man. box is basically inspired off the back of the original Mm. Age of Sigmar box set because obviously yeah. since now Soul Wars is the stat you know is the mm. the, new, the new standard box yeah. set yeah. the old one is sort of you know, null and well not null and void but it's not really going to be for sale anymore so what they've yeah. done is they've created two new starting collector sets one for the Stormcast and one for the uh, the corn side of things as well oh which is really God. cool so, That's so, so good like uh not sorry to interrupt but they blow no, no, other start collecting boxes out of the water in terms of like value for what you get because there's yeah. so much stuff packed into them because i mean it's literally halves of a starter set so yeah exactly <laughs> so no it's the thunderstrike one is looking really cool and also mm. i think one of the main reasons to get it is to get the uh, lord relict relector as well because yeah. that you you don't often get, I, I still don't think you can buy that one separately i don't mm. think mm. and like could be wrong on that, but I genuinely yeah, don't think you can buy it separate. I think you can. Which I find a bit bizarre, but you know, so be it. But like I said, for you know, for the you know, the same price as every other start collecting box, that is yeah. a really cool box set. Um and also I think it's good that they've done that because obviously since Soul Wars has come out and a lot of people who are running Stormcast are running mm. the Sacrosanct chamber, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah. because they're new and and in some ways they're better than you know than the old stuff mm, really mm. so it, this is a good way for people to still mix it up because yeah. i think it would be a shame if every time play, people are playing stormcast they're just using you know sequitors and and mm. you know all the other new um units whereas you know the old ones like the paladins and you know and, and uh, <laughs> liberators they you know they still have their place so it's uh, yeah, no yeah. i think it's a re- it's a really cool thing that they've done that and, and let's be honest they've still got the models hanging around so oh yeah <laughs> it's why oh, yeah. not put them, in, put well them in a stock yeah exactly um and then again, from the Stormcast side of things, you've got quite a few new easy-to-build ones, which are, again, off the back of the Soul Wars mm-hmm. box set. So you've got the uh, Castigators with the Griffhound as easy-to-build. You've got uh, an easy-to-build Astria Soulbright, the, which yep. is the Lord Arcanum, which is really cool. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's amazing, the, 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 the complexity of these new easy-to-build mm. sets. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so I think good. we were talking about it on Discord, <laughs> where it's just a ama- you know it's just the level of mm. you know the, for for what's you know easy to build and therefore could be seen as uh, you know it's just you know not really much detail. Mm. The complexity yeah. in the you know in detail in the model is absolutely amazing in some of these. Yeah, yeah. Um, so no, I mean, and, and again, not badly priced either. Yeah. Um, the last easy to build one on the Stormcast side is the Celestar uh, Ballista. Which, everyone get again, four um yes well i've got two at the moment <laughs> so i know it's the perfect opportunity to you know to get your four and yeah, yeah you know yeah. so you, you know and the, now also the uh evocators are now as a, a separate box set oh as well my God, bo- they look a box so of good. five they I are probably my favorites they look amazing oh. 
They mm. really do. And it's a great um, so, kit because you can um, build one as a knight in Cantor, just in case you didn't get one of the fifteen other knight in yeah. Cantors out there. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. If so not, go on eBay. Um, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's absolutely fantastic. And and as of today, again, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, as recording still going. On Saturday, it's still going. <laughs> so we've now got a Lord Arcanum on a Toralon, which mm-hmm. is looking absolutely gorgeous yeah um yeah it's I've, i'm not really familiar with the toralon it's like a big yeah it's a new r- it's a new ram monster. yeah it's, it's like a, it's, it's like it's a, a goat pegasus yeah yeah that's yeah what you say you can see the ram horns the hooves mm. and big wings it, it looks yeah oh yeah awesome They're absolutely cool. awesome so that's that's mm. coming out as a new set that's not easy that's, to build no enough. um, um it's a, it's a- <laughs> So that get that kit's a sort of a dual kit because you can build the basic Lord Arcanum or you can build the character Aventus Firestrike. And if you build yep. the character, you can make a Lord Arcanum on foot, which is nice. Yep, that is really cool that you mm. can you got the choice to do that. So yeah, that is a a mighty. See, this is what <laughs> I like. I like I, I one of my one of my favorite things back in the Warhammer Fantasy days. Yeah. yeah. Um, God rest their souls. Um, the, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, the I, one of the things that always used to draw me is, like, for example, one of my favourite miniatures back in the day mm. was Carl Franz. Oh, um, man, he was so good. And, <laughs> and you know, any any of these sort of miniatures where you've got a character, especially a named character on a big mm. beast, you've got, like, hippogriffs, yes. you've got zombie yes. dragons. Oh. I, they, they, let's be honest, well, back in the day, that would always draw you, well, to me anyway, mm. it would draw you. If you saw a big, you know, two, three thousand point army right in front of yeah. you, you'd like, ah, yeah. look. There he is. And I just think it's great that, you know, with some of the other ones we've seen, like the Deepkin ones, for yes. example, they, yeah. they look fantastic. Um, yeah, I just, I'm so glad they're bringing this sort of stuff back. Mm. Um, and the the last Stormcast thing that's up for pre-order is a proper 10-person 10, 10 squad of Sequitors um, oh, yeah. with that with that really awesome... Uh, mm, female mm. one that we saw, not 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 that female one, the other female one, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the Ghostbusting the, one, the, go- <laughs> <laughs> the one, yes, the, that one, the one with the big lantern, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. sucking up so- souls, yeah. Who uh, are you gonna like, call? Sequitors, Sequitors. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I really want to get a pack of these. To be honest, they, they look, look so good. amazing. They uh, really do. It seems to be really good for options as well. Well, like I read the description, like you can build four different primes. Uh, yep. So you, you can make six regular sequitors and four primes if you wanted to pad out all the Souls Wars sequitors you've already got and give them proper leaders yep. or something like that. I was just like, there's all these different options. You can, uh, it's a box of 10. You can take four of the great maces, which I don't know if that, I think that's as many as you can fit in a squad. I um, think so, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's two for every five or something like that. It's been a while. Yeah, um, yeah. No, they're really cool. It, uh, I, I'd well. say this. <laughs> I think I would say this is one of the best uh, troop sets I've seen in a good while from customization oh, yeah. point of view. Just looking oh, through yeah. the photos of some of the, you know, again, there's another awesome looking female mm. one. I don't know if you've got it in front of you. You know, the if you look at the picture where they're in sort of darker black armor, yeah. it's really yeah. cool. A female miniature on the right hand side with a sword and shield. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Oh yeah, I like her. She's cool. She looks nasty. <laughs> <laughs> she just looks, you know, it's yeah. These all of them, the, mm. the amount of customization. And I must admit, I'm actually enjoying these ones without helmets as well. Yeah, yeah, they look um, good. You know, so because also with the with the Stormcast helmets in general, they can be a bit 
samey. I suppose, you yeah. know, no different to Space Marines. Mm. But, you know, it's it's good that, you you know, if you look at this set, you can have a lot of them without uh, helmets. And there's some really cool um, face, you know, face uh, yeah. parts yeah. as well. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the Stormcast. Do you want to um, yeah, cover, cover the, the new Nighthaunt? The, yeah, the recent Nighthaunt releases. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there, guys. There's a lot of it. In there, but just. There's, but there's still like three or four units to go, I think, um, on the Nighthaunt side of things, which is the scary bit. Um, so, yeah, we've had the easy-to-build Raikonor the Grimhaler, the special character on his giant undead Pegasus. Uh, again, easy-to-build character models, super cool. Uh, because A, it brings price down, B, it makes them less intimidating to approach, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and he just looks so cool, he's great, I'm <laughs> going to get him sooner or later. Um, there was also the easy-to-build Dreadblade Harrows, which I've seen some, I've, I've seen and heard, I should say, because I've heard it on podcasts too, some confusion on why these are a two-set, because they are heroes, and so you can only take them in units of one, but you get two in the box, and I'm like, well, you just get two, they're great. Yeah. They're wonderful, two. they're so good, they teleport. Wherever you want. <laughs> Instead of moving, you can just put them anywhere on the board that's more than nine inches away from enemies. They're, they're great for, like, grabbing yeah. objectives in the first turn, for example. Like, um, what is it? It's the, um, there's a scenario called the relocation orb where the objective moves around randomly and you are more like, you, you count as 20 models if you're a wizard or, mm-hmm. uh, or bearing an artifact. Put put the artifact that makes you a wizard onto one of the <laughs> Dreadblade Harrows and then just teleport it on that orb. When the orb runs away, teleport it back. The orb again <laughs> nice. And just keep control of that so well. Uh, like I'm looking forward to trying that sometime. Um, <laughs> the the Can Wraiths, uh, not Can Wraiths, uh, Grimgast Reapers multi-part plastic kit came out. Seems nice. Haven't actually looked at it. Uh, Lady Olinda and Kurdos Valentin, the other two special characters, came out. Look awesome. Uh, uh-huh. Lady Olinda is... A very delicate kit. I saw someone uh, unbox and build one in the store, and we ju- we both just kind of marvelled at how thin the plastic got in some spots. So just like, Ooh. yeah, I saw that on YouTube. It's a bit <laughs> scarily thin. That one, you'd have to be very yeah, careful with your yeah. your cases. You're going to be very careful with it. Um, and this week on pre-order, we have the Black Coach, which looks awesome, amazing mm-hmm. model. Uh, some some would say probably a tad expensive, but it's the big centerpiece model. You're not going to get more than one, uh, no, and it true. does have options in the kit, so you can customize it a bit. Um, and then I'm going to have a bit of a grouse about this though. Uh, the easy to build chain rasps are out for pre-order. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a box of ten in an easy to build kit, it's seventy dollars. Wow, is it? Okay, yeah, it's twenty five pound. I believe that's a lot. Um, yeah, everyone, everyone on Reddit was like, "Surely it's meant to be a twenty-man box." And like, nope, it's a ten-man box for seventy bucks slash twenty-five pounds. I'm like, that's yeah. for, uh, especially because they're just this. It's a single sprue taken straight out of the Soul Wars box. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, like the only option on it is to have either the Dread Warden with the candles or put them in the stocks. Like it is. Especially for, like, a unit that's really cheap points-wise and goes up to a unit of 40. Like, if I wanted a full unit of these, it'd be nearly $300, for example, by <laughs> the easy-to-build kit. Yeah, uh, it's a bit nuts. And, like, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure if that's because Games Workshop assumes everyone's already got, like, 40 from Soul Wars and all the variants mm. and trading yeah, and stuff like true. that. And it, this is just like the, oh, if you want to... If you want to, you know, top, top, top it up, you know, put an extra 10 to make that 20 or 30 or to make those two or to make those, uh, what, those two 30s to a 40 and a 30 or 40 and a 40. But it's, 
and like I've worked with the models, they're nice, but they're all maximum of three pieces. Like mm. <laughs> they're not, they're not. I don't think they're worth this price. Probably, like I don't, I don't want to be get down on Games Workshop. I love the company, I love where they're going, but this seems like <laughs> a misstep. Uh, from just a pricing point. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from. It's, uh, I suppose I see it slightly with the, from the Stormcast mm. side with the Sectors because you, like for example, in Soul Wars, you get a you get a unit of eight, mm. and you can obviously buy a pack of three as yeah. easy to build. But then that means you've got eleven because ultimately, yeah. <laughs> what a lot of people are doing with Sectors is they're making them in units of twenty. You know, they're, yeah, they're using yeah. them as the battle line, basically. But at least then, you'd okay, if you don't put them in 20s, you're going to put them in 10s then, maybe. Mm. Um, so, like, for example, I've, you know, I've got Soul Wars, so I got eight. Mm. I then, you know, via Discord, got the another set yep, of yep. Stormcast. So I've got 16. Yep. And then I bought, I bought a box of three because they just looked gorgeous. So I've now mm. got 19. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got an awkward <laughs> amount now. I want 20. Yeah. And therefore, okay, I could buy another box of, um, I don't know, the easy to build ones. So therefore I'd have 22. Mm. And then yeah. I suppose in theory, I could try and find some from Soul Wars to get another eight to go to 30, 30. and then have a squad of 20. But, you know, it's getting awkward yeah. now. Yeah. It's sort of, uh, and a box of 10 you know, in that new set, which again is as gorgeous as it is, it's thirty seven pounds fifty, so it's not mm. cheap. Yeah. Um, you know, they're again, in oh, line with the other Stormcast troop boxes. They are, which so, you know that. Yeah, I, yeah, they're not they're not more than I expected. It's just no. you've got to play the game a bit mm. with these numbers to get the right <laughs> amounts. Uh, yeah, but, you know, it's doable. Yeah. You just got to be a bit careful how you go around it, really. But yeah, you know, it, it's just like I'm just. Like, part of me understands, I think, kind of where they're going. I think it's from, like, a number of models pricing point, but, like, yes. they're really, they're really little and they're really simple and they should honestly be about half that, I think. Um, mm, yeah, I don't disagree. <laughs> like, a, a 15 pound box, for example, down to, like, $50 would be fine. If these were 50 instead of 70, I would have gone, these are amazing. I'm buying, like, 10 more of these. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but at the moment, I'm going to keep trolling eBay and hope the chain rasp tax for eBay sort of drops down a bit and see how that goes. Mm. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess if I buy from an independent online retailer that gets them down to like 60 ish and that's not so bad, but like just that immediate <laughs> of wait, there's only 10 got everyone going, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know. I get you. I think it's like I said, you just got to be a bit careful with. You know, the way mm. it's done, really, I suppose it's... Yeah. Like I said, I think if you're savvy enough, using a combination of indie stores, eBay, the box oh, yeah. sets, which, you know, you, you can do all right. Like I said, it's not it's not the end of the world. Because ultimately, yeah. like I said, I'm on I'm on 19 secretors. I want 20. I'm sure I can find one from eBay oh, yeah. somewhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, you know, if someone wants to send me one, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone's got any one spare. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I, was no, mostly, uh, I was mostly shocked because I wanted to pick up 10 to make some Dark Mechanicus Guitari, and I was like, mm, yeah, maybe, yeah, not, maybe not yeah. at that price. <laughs> no, exactly. That's fair enough. Cool. Um, any more of the Night Haunt? Uh, that's it for now. Uh, like mm-hmm. the Blade Geists and Mir- uh, not Mirmon, uh, and Dread Scythe Banshees or whatever they are, I believe yeah. still need to come out. Uh, I can't think of anything else that still needs to be released. So we'll probably get some more Night Haunt next week as well. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they're but... drip feeding out. They did yeah. it with the Ideneth Deepkin, didn't they? So 
It's, yeah, true. To be, well, it's, it's a new way <laughs> I'm, of doing I'm it. Compa- comparing this to the Ineth Deepkin, they, Ineth, they, they, what, they separated like 10 units out across five weeks and they're doing the same five week thing, but it's like 20 units to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ah, but no, it's, it's good. That, it's good that they've not just abandoned it as well. It's going, right, here you oh, go, yeah. here's Soul Wars. <laughs> Get on with it. It's good that they're still mm. pushing out these armies. So, no, oh, happy definitely. days. Yeah. Um, right. And the last AOS things that we can talk mm-hmm, about, mm-hmm. Um, you've got two new smaller box sets, just like they did with the 40k side of things. So if you remember with when Dark Imperium came out, they yeah. then did two smaller sets, which is First Strike, which is the little one, and then the medium one uh, is mm-hmm. No No Fear off the top of my yeah. head um so basically they've done the same so soul wars is the main set you've now got um then going down the medium set is tempest of souls mm-hmm. and then the small one is soul strike um, sorry storm strike so yeah. Yeah. you know again it's like the 40k side of things you're getting a you know for you want i think one's 25 one's 50 mm-hmm. pounds and the ones yeah well soul wars is 90 so yeah you know, you're getting a, or oh, is it 95? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, but it, yeah. you're getting, <laughs> you're getting, you know, a, obviously various size forces. You're getting a bit of Stormcast, a bit of uh, Night Haunt in there, a few dice and, mm. you know, rulers and things like that. But, you know, they're lovely little yeah. sets. I remember, like I said, when I got the first strike set on 40k, mm. for the money, you're getting a nice little bit, really. So, you know, if you don't oh, want to yeah. buy yeah. Soul Wars, you know, the full mm. box set, these are another, you know, cheaper way of getting a bit of, models from either side again go halves with mm. someone you know swap them around so yeah yeah like i, I got cool. no no fear the mid-level 40k one and that was yeah you did yeah box to yeah. get back that was me getting back into 40k that was amazing yeah. exactly great box well, exactly for some people for some people exactly for some people they don't want to have the full box set and again mm. you know similar to i know we're going back to kill team now but you know you but you know if you get first strike for 40k that's mm. you know that gives you death guard and um primaris marines you've got two kill teams there straight away if you don't mm. want it for 40k and it's similar to you know to storm strike because ultimately don't forget there is aos skirmish as well yeah that's a you yeah. know the 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 kill team you know ver- <laughs> or ass for aos version of the kill team in a in a way but you mm. know if you again if you don't want to play full scale aos you know get storm strike Get yeah, the uh, yeah. get the skirmish book, which is about six pounds, and there you go. Have a few games of that as well. Yeah, exactly. So you know, happy days. Happy um, days. Right, the last AOS thing oh, it should be your side, Cameron. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The FAQ, That's yeah, the, the FAQs big, that have been dropped. The big FAQ dropped. Um, <clears throat> so uh, a few a few things. I have to announce some. I have to announce two in memoriams. Uh, we gather here today to lay to rest the soul of Lord Croak on a Balewind Vortex, and also <laughs> to lay to rest the soul of the Moon Clan Grot champion buffed by his war boss eight separate times. Uh, rest in peace. Eight. We'll we'll miss you. One hundred thirty two damage per swing. Grot champion, we'll miss you. One hundred and five mortal wound, croak on a veil when vortex. It was nice knowing you. I'm glad I never personally met you. Um, <laughs> You're trying to say that people are taking advantage of the rules. I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to say powerful that, I'm trying to say that some people would spend eight plus command points <laughs> stacking the same command ability on a unit of grots until they each did one hundred and thirty two wounds per swing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, um, never so, mind. Yeah, there, there's been a lot of tweaking, uh, and the tweaking has mostly involved stop taking advantage of 
the fact that Age of Sigma was started as this very open system and has become more mechanically refined over time. So, you know, the old Warboss command ability was double the damage of a unit. But now mm-hmm. that you can do this multiple times, it, it, you know, people would go, okay, I save up eight command points, I spend them all on my unit, and now they would kill literally a god. Sigma would fall before this one Grot champion. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, you know things like oops, just oh, hand, you, you hand rolling fell off. dice just to no. Uh, hand what should I talk off. about next? <laughs> <laughs> hand fell off the knight. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> uh, I've not. Sorry, I've not glued. I, just, I just got this image that's down to Nurgle's pestilence. Like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. The, the Titan, <laughs> the knight's arms falling off. I've got a, I've got a very small magnet to help hold. God, I dropped it again to help hold the hand on. Uh, I am gonna glue it eventually, but after I paint it, so the magnet's just kind of there, so I can look at it and it looks pretty. Um, but that is now my undoing. Um, <laughs> you, you know, it, it, it's oh. tweaks. Um, also, I should say, rest in peace to two endless spells: the the spell portal and the um, the orbs of Orkish. I'm sorry to see you go. You're actually still quite good, even though you're mm-hmm. no longer strong. Um, so, spell portal used to be you set up the two portals within 18 inches of each other, and then you can just fling spells between them. Uh, nice. On- only one spell can go through per turn now. Uh, so that is the big balance there, effectively, mm-hmm. which. Good, wonderful. Um, and for the Geminids of Olghish, uh, it, so th- those are the two balls, one light, one dark, and if they hit a unit, they do d3 mortal wounds each and minus one to attacks or to hit rolls. Uh, it's now they, that a unit can only be affected by one of the Geminids once per turn. So you can't roll 2d3 mortal wounds and a neg one to hit and a neg one attack onto the same unit. Yeah. So it, those are like the the big changes there's been lots of little tweaks everywhere to kind of bring things into line like a lot of command abilities have been changed to you can't target the same unit more than once with this per turn that kind of thing um it generally it's just tightening things up and (laughs) making sure people don't do ridiculous stuff like put croak on a bale wind vortex and then cause 105 (laughs) mortal wounds to a demon army um (laughs) in a single turn (laughs) i think it's good though they've got it out pretty quick oh yeah you know it's been Less than a month? Yeah, yeah, less than a month. Literally a few weeks. Yeah. So, no, that's that's pretty good. I mean, and to be fair, the, <laughs> for anyone that was using it, I mean, okay, the rules are the rules, and if people yeah, are using yeah. these to their advantage, you know, you, you know, whatever your moral, <laughs> um, you know, compass is on that side of things, you know, if you can do it, you can do it. But it's yeah, it's no surprise that, you know, that they were going to introduce something, something like this, and I'm sure mm. there'll be more things they'll, they'll come up with as well. So, no, fair play to them. They've, you know, they've jumped on it. And, uh, yeah, you can't do these things anymore, but that's to be expected. So, yeah. 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 Excellent. Right. Last bit of news, uh, which we'll briefly go over, is since we last recorded, there was the Forge World Open Day, which, well, Forge Mm -hmm. World and Specialist Games Open Day, I should officially call it. Yeah. Um, So, which was a bit of a mixed bag of things coming out. Um, I'll just briefly talk about what's yeah what's on the been announced um so for anyone i know we don't talk about it on here but for anyone that's interested in the lord of the rings games all that side of things there's the middle earth strategy battle game the battle of pelinor fields there's a bit mm-hmm. new big box set that's coming out which so for if you're into the middle earth side of things that look i mean it looks really cool um yeah i yeah. can't comment because i've never played the game so uh 
yeah you know so that's a new box set so it's, it's good i think it's good that they're still taking mm. those sort of things along you know that because obviously you know it is a niche side of things i mean i love lord of the rings and the hobbit you know from a film point of view but you know from yeah. the miniatures i i don't have the time or <laughs> inclination to get involved in that <laughs> side of things so but no it's cool it's cool that they're still doing that side of things um they've shown a bit more mm. about adeptus titanicus which is the next sort of <laughs> big box set okay cameron what what's your gut feeling price wise it's going to be uh they've said it will be their most expensive boxed game ever so I'm, I'm taking this from the australian point mm-hmm. uh yeah. it's going to be 300 dollars australian okay yeah because uh um, i think th- up till now the most expensive was i think blight wars which was 265 yeah. along with forgebane was 265 australian which yeah. i think would come out to i, I think 150 ish gbp actually say, saying that how much is uh renegade the the knight's um, box set over, over here because uh, yeah because it's, it's 120 two, over here it's 245 oh okay oh, okay yeah, that's all that's all yeah because um <laughs> no, because you so your forge bane is more expensive than renegade yeah but they, over sure. here it's the other way around I'll double check. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not pinning yeah. myself. Um, no, no, no. Yeah, you must get these right. Um, <laughs> I'll just. I think from I said over here off the top of my head, Forge Bane is ninety five pounds and Renegade yeah. is about one hundred and twenty. So yeah, uh, it is the other way around here. Forge Bane oh, is indeed okay. two hundred sixty five versus Renegade's two hundred forty five. Okay. Um, weird. <laughs> yeah. Very, very strange, weird. but okay. Game so Workshop yeah, is uh, a little odd. Um, yeah, when it comes to I think, Australian I, I, pricing, <laughs> I think I think Adeptus uh, Titanicus over here will be between 150 and 160. I think I think yeah. that'll be from what you get in it. But it's looking yeah. it's looking gorgeous. It's out soon. I think it's, it's out. Um, they confirmed August, so I think yeah. everyone's guessing like August 28th or something. Yeah, late August, like end yeah. of August. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, this is another way. This is where for people out there, you can be part of the the Warlord Titan Club. You know, if you want to be a part of the club, <laughs> oh, you can. This God. is a cheaper way <laughs> to Work, own a Warlord Titan. <laughs> working on this night has made me consider saving up the like three thousand or so dollars that it would take to get a Warlord. It looks like we could go bigger. We could go bigger again. Um, maybe. If I win the lottery, I'll I'll scale myself up. I'll start with one of the bigger Forge World Knights, then I'll go to a Warhound, <laughs> then I'll go to a Reaver, then I'll go to the Warlord. Wow. And and then I'll go further. I'll make an Imperator by, you know, just getting a five-year-old and strapping Volcano Cannons to their arms, <laughs> putting them on the table, stand still until it's your turn to move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Um, what's next? Um, yeah, so again, part of this... Forge World Open Day. They they announced a few new Horus Heresy models. You've got uh, Janesha Kroll, which is a mm-hmm. new Sisters of Silence character who looks yep. really cool, actually. Yeah, she um, looks you've great. got Magos Dominus Scoria, who's mm-hmm. I think Dark Mechanicum. Yeah, Dark I believe. Mechanicum. I mean, he's very expensive. He's about eighty pounds over here. I mean, he's a cool yeah. looking. He's like a scorpion esque type. I think he's model. bigger than he looks. I think um, that too. I think he's bait. I think actually, I saw in a YouTube <laughs> video his his box is like almost one and a half times the size of a normal, of, oh, you know, cause they, the, the Horus yeah. Heresy characters come in these fancy mm, uh, mm. black boxes, similar to like what you'd have a, a watch in. Um, and it, 
Yeah, it's a bigger box. So, yeah, I think you're right, actually. He's bigger than he looks. Um, you've got the Carnadon tank, who is part of the Solar Auxiliaria. Um, and you've got some new Blood Angel and Alpha Legion Praetors as well, which look really cool. I mean, they showed the Blood Angel one, I think, back in Warhammer Fest off the top of my head. Um, you've also got the shown off, which I think they've shown before, House Cordor for um, mm-hmm. Necromunda, which, again, they yeah. look really cool. They're looking yeah, very... Yeah cultist like if you want to mix up your you know your chaos cultists <laughs> and you don't want the standard you could always use cordor mm. if you wanted yeah um yeah. and then some blood bowl <laughs> in my notes but yeah. blood bowl stuff because don't talk about <laughs> so yeah some new bits like that so so yeah so as, as always there's plenty of new releases i actually they so there's mm. just looking back now there's actually quite a lot that's come out and oh, there's still yeah. plenty more to come so yeah oh yeah so, right, so that's been the news. We're going to take a needed break before we get <laughs> into our law boots and start talking yep. about yep. that side of things. So we have a break, and so when we're back, we're going to talk about the novel Imperator, Wrath of the Omnissiah. Back soon. And welcome back. It's main law topic time, and Ooh. we're doing something a bit different in this episode. Mm. So right, we've decided to cover an actual novel or we're not going to, I suppose, go through the novel bit by bit because, no. you know, that would be a bit much. <laughs> but, no, no. We're, you know, we've, we've picked a novel that we thought would be interesting to talk about. We're going to mm-hmm. take some of the key lore bits that it gives us, you know, some of the characters, some of the interesting uh, little tidbits we're going to find out. So for this particular lore topic, like I said earlier, we've picked uh, Imperator, Wrath of the Omnissiah, which is a 40K novel uh, by Gav Thorpe. It came out. Uh, a few months, I think it's April time, I'd yeah, say. It depends, yeah. really. Um, uh, it's still not on paperback yet, I don't believe. I think no. it's purely just hardback. And um, it's recently out on Audible, so you can get the audiobook, which is what I listen to. And you can also get the, the ebook as well. Um, it's. Um, it, I think it was a quite an interesting choice, actually, for us, because I think mm. it's something that... Because we've not really covered so much about the Adeptus Mechanicus and mm. the you know mm. the the Titans and and things like that side of things, so it was quite you know I think personally speaking it was it was quite cool to read this book because it oh, felt yeah. like we you know we're doing something yeah. a bit different to what we've done before. Um, um, can, can I be honest? Because I'm the one who chose it uh, technically. Can yeah. I be honest? Why I chose yes. it? Uh, when, yeah. When this it. came out, the first thing I ever saw about this book was a big like. 500 word rant on reddit about how the sjw's are taking over 40k <laughs> and i went okay now i have to read this book it sounds great obviously um, yes that's <laughs> i like i like that because yeah let's let's get let's get the elephant out the room uh, first of mm. all with this book okay because it, um it, yeah it makes a you know a big difference for a lot of people well for some people some people some not people, so yeah yeah so yeah so this particular novel is quite prominent in some ways because of the use of pronouns Mm. so what gav has done is when he's written this novel is rather than because one of the main characters which is um magus dominus exasus no no um, come on come on full name all right well i I don't Uh, go on cameron what's what's their what's their full name magus dominus militaris sayosanus guitaris iliacus exasus Yes, that old chestnut. So it's Assus, which will we will be now, now from now known mm. as. Um, basically, Assus 
is genderless in yeah. this context. I mean, mm. because obviously being a, a Magos, it's been augmented so fully from their mm. human state, which we don't know. We don't know if they were originally male or female. It doesn't uh, really matter. Yeah, actually. Or um, do we? We, we don't. Uh, there, there are hints. Um, there's hints, yeah. There, there's hints. At one point, you know, um, it, the only human bit left of Exasus is they've got, like, their face basically, uh, which is... Oh, it's, f- it's female, isn't it? Is described is it, as, it is described as feminine, uh, but Exasus themselves, at one point, like, in internal monologue, says when they when they started, un- you know, learning about gender and stuff, they knew that they were outside the gender binary, that they were genderless yeah. or non-binary, so it, it's less that it's something that they've given up as they become a Magos, it's more like mm-hmm. this is an instance of someone fitting into that role eventually. Hello, my cat's yelling all of a sudden. Hey. There it comes. Camera's cat's getting in on the, uh, in on on the, the debate. In on the debate. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, like, people kicked up a stink about it. I'm like, first off, it's it's about the Mechanicus. A lot of them yes. honestly don't need gender for any reason. Like, you know, they, their entire thing is we wish to replace the things of the flesh and gender as an mm-hmm. identity thing is a bit messy, whether it's a biological thing or it's a social thing or it's a mix of both, but Ultimately, in the worship of the machine, that's not really a thing that matters, is, is uh, sort of the idea for it in the Mechanicus, I would believe. Um, but, like, you know, it, it's it's cool. Like, non-binary people exist in the real world. He is a cool non-binary mm-hmm. character. Um, the fact that they are so transhuman, you know, they're so different from a normal person, that they're still cool. I relate to them very easily. Uh, yeah. it took, it took a little bit of getting used to, like, the first, cause it starts on, like, the first paragraph. I'm like, this, yeah. this, I'm like, oh, cool. It's a, it's a genderless character or a non-binary yeah. character. That's awesome. Uh, it's, it's, it's a long, it's a long enough book that when I, by the time I got through, I was like, yeah, this is easy to deal with. It was second nature, wasn't me. it? Yeah. When, yeah. when I was going through it, that, cause yeah, like Cameron's alluded to, so basically mm. to, to deal, to, you know, for this style. So basically, instead of he, her, his, etc., where mm. you're getting V, ver, viz, and things. So basically, yeah. the you know the V is taken over from the H in these mm. in these words. And I, like you, I, when I was going through it, it didn't even I didn't even notice it. To be honest, yeah. it, there was no any point. I think oh. Whereas I think some people genuinely were reading it mm. and just couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't comprehend it. I mean, I think that's the thing. I think with this this debate because it is a slight debate because yeah. a lot of people were quite unhappy with this mm. side of things whereas mm. to me i think it was a good thing oh yeah and i think i and i'll be honest i don't think it's as important as some people were making it out to be no. i think it's just at the end of the day you know i think some people were considering it as a way of oh you know it's jumping on this bandwagon of this is how things are going whereas i think to be honest <laughs> when gav was using it just as a as a tool just to show look oh, at yeah. the end of the day this is a genderless character so I'm going to portray them in the best way I can to, mm. you know, to put that across. And, you yeah. know, and also as an author, he's going to change, you know, he's going to want to adapt his style. Um, mm. And like I said, to me, it made no difference. I, you know, oh, yeah. I, and, and, and also it doesn't, it, to me, it was on two levels. It doesn't matter that there were, you you know, he was using Viva Viz mm. because like you said, it became second nature, but also secondly, it didn't matter to me that, 
that it was a genderless character. The, the fact mm. it's asked whether they were male or female made no difference, yeah. which is, to me, yeah. the point yeah. at the end of the day. Exactly. It, their actions were irrelevant of gender. Gender mm. is just, you know, in a lot of these stories especially, they, they're just what are what they are. It doesn't really yeah. change yeah. things. Oh, they're doing this because they're male. They're doing this because mm. they're female. Yeah. They're doing it because they're... a th- a, a, a person, person, an entity, yeah. that, you know, <laughs> whatever you want, you know, in that sense, it doesn't mm. really matter. Um, I, I personally think people were making a real big deal out of yeah. it. The only yeah. thing, the only, the only slight thing I would say is I can understand if you were, you were completely happy with the, the, the purpose behind it, but if you were actually struggling to read it, like your mm. brain couldn't go, you know, couldn't understand V instead of he because of on a, from a grammatical point of view, I can understand yeah. that. I yeah. think, oh, because it also it takes your brain a while reading. to yeah yes like, exactly that I can understand but I think from a you know from a, you know a SJW side of things I think it's yeah I think it was a bit oh, of yeah. a big deal that made out of nothing oh, yeah. really and I, I you know I commend Gav for doing this side of things uh, it's great <sighs> I mean right. look at at the end of the day there's like what quadrillions of humans in the 40k universe at least one of them's going to be outside the gender binary guys come on yeah exactly (laughs) i mean you gotta remember this is you know this is thousands and thousands years in you know in In the the future future from uh, you know from real world now Mm. so where these things don't mean anything as much Mm. you know it's just it it is you know then it's not you know, if you were in this world, you know, in the 40k universe at the mm. mo- you know, moment, you it wouldn't mean anything. It's just, it is what it is. You, you know, it, yeah. it, it's so yeah. past things now. But yeah, so like I said, if you ever, if you do get around to reading this, and actually that reminds me, spoiler Spoilers. warnings, <laughs> you, are, you are warned <laughs> as of now. Like I said, we're not going to go through the book chapter by chapter, but there will, we will have to talk about things that will spoil this book. So, mm. you know. Just to warn you, so either listen to this <laughs> once you've read it, or if you're not, you know, if you're not going to read it, then yeah. obviously carry yeah. on listening, and you'll find out what we're going to talk about. So, yeah. so yeah, the novel itself, uh, I'll give a a couple of s- mm. sentence overview of it. Um, so it's based on the Cassus Belly, which mm-hmm. is an Imperator t- sized Titan, yeah. uh, which is an well, it's an Emperor class yeah, Titan, which is the biggest. Warlord. <laughs> yes, this is the this is the biggest of all titans, basically. Again, put a five year old um, on the many. tabletop. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is it is absolutely huge. And I remember these from back when I used to play Epic mm. Forty Thousand mm. years and years ago when I was a kid. And I remember the the Imperator um, Titan. This is the one where it's the one with the huge like church cathedral yeah, type structure yeah. on the top of it. It's got which a little is city wor- on top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a city on top of itself. You know, the head of the of the Titan is sort of on, on level with the guns of its mm. arms as well. You yeah. know, the the legs are bastions, where, you know, similar to like a castle type type of thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, where you've got you know Skatari and you know whatever troops you've got, you know, containing it, it is like a, almost like a like a walking city. <laughs> That's yeah. probably the best yeah. way to like, to put it. So many people live in this thing. Like this, mm. one of my favorite parts of the book was you got to each different section, and you know, <clears throat> the character would be like, okay, so these kind of people live here. You know, you live here because this is your job or whatever. It's like you know, you go all the way up to the top of the Titan. I'm like, oh, there's people who live in the vents up there <laughs> and stuff like that. It's like what. <laughs> There's hundreds, yeah. thousands, even almost a thousand people probably living inside this thing at any given time. It's ridiculous. I love it. 
Yeah, it's, it, <laughs> and that's and, and that's the good thing that novel, the novel gives you. It gives you a sense of scale mm. that this, you know, it, it is like a city. Like, for example, one of the other main characters, because well, well, we'll do the main characters in a second, but mm. the two main characters is, is Exasis that we've just mm-hmm. spoken about, but also you've got uh, Gelsa Vin Jaint as well mm. as the other main character. Now, she... Um, for example, I think it says at one point, there's a point where she leaves the Titan temporarily yeah. when they're walking around on its arm and shoulder. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. the, she hasn't been outside for like three or four years, yeah. Yeah. I think it was. You know, literally, she, this is, all, <laughs> I think, or she hasn't been out for two years and she's been living mm. on it for, you know, four years, something yeah. on those sort yeah. of lines. You know, like, she's been literally in this Titan for years mm. and it's normal life. And it's not, she's not yeah. a prisoner, she's no. you know, a worker in, on the Titan, but it's, just normal behavior you know it's it's just mm. that you think wow imagine imagine if i you know said to you, right you you work in an office or or you know you can mm. you work at school yeah uh, imagine yeah you haven't you haven't stepped foot outside oh, for God. two years oh. <laughs> i'm getting anxiety <laughs> just thinking about it <laughs> but what's quite what's quite good in the, the way that the novel comes across is that that she sort of loves that because of mm. this whole um machine god uh, side of things but uh, but mm. well, so we'll get on to that in a minute yeah. so again continuing on so <laughs> the like i said the novel is based on the the casus belly which is this like i said this titan um and it's part of a of what's called the casus belly battle group mm. which is part of the legio metallica now legio mm. metallica are otherwise known as the iron skulls and they're one of the oldest um titan legions yeah. that yeah. i think they exist they've been around for a long time mm-hmm. and basically this even though it doesn't, I don't. It doesn't directly say it because um, a lot of this novel is contained on the Titan and what's happening outside it. But it's, yeah. the bigger picture is known as the subjugation, subjugation of uh, Nico Medua. Basically, mm. that's the the war that is part that this particular story is part of because it's quite a self-contained story compared to yeah. a lot of other novels. Yeah. And you know, this is what this is where it's set. Basically, now, basically this particular war um is based just after the uh, great rift has happened mm-hmm. which we've spoken about before so this particular conflict is on on this particular planet is where you've the base the local forces um after the great rift have, have become heretics and mm-hmm. and become part of the dark mechanicum and basically the casus belli battle group has been sent in um, to deal with these heretics because basically for the, the years prior to this the astra militarum have been have got to a bit of a stalemate with the with yeah. the heretics yeah. they've properly dug in so this and this is the, the thing that also people need to understand as well especially when it comes to um emperor class titans mm. as destructive i mean like i said they're the ultimate titan in 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 that sense but there's so little of them around they're not they're they're a real luxury to have they're not like they're not something you can just churn out you know again compared to the astra militarum where you you know they're churning out troops and tanks and you know and they actually allude that in the book as well like yeah don't worry we don't care about the <laughs> the astra militarum mm. there's there's plenty of them around whereas when it comes to titans in general but especially emperor class ones they yeah. they are you know very few and far between because mm. of you know the, what goes into them yeah so that's basically <laughs> you know how the you know the sort of the, where this story goes it, it it's quite a clever story in the sense that it's based on the fact that like i said you've got this sort of dual narrative where on one side you've got the yeah. all the action on the inside and all the action on the outside um 
so so before we properly delve in yeah. what's, what's your overall thoughts on the novel as a um, whole um i really really like it like um i i posted on twitter when i finished it and it sort of went on like i really like this novel it does this and this and this and this and gav thorpe actually noticed me i was like oh god um, yeah your, your <laughs> new mate gav thorpe yeah yeah like, oh. <laughs> um but it is really really interesting for me like uh, like like i said before the idea that so many people live like long term on this vehicle like and it feels lived in like the the tributi the workers like elsa they have these little secret places they hide in between the armor plates and things like that to have their little gambling dens and stuff like that it feels mm-hmm. worn and it feels lived in it feels like a living breathing place and then we also get to delve deep into like me- the mechanicum we see a magos dominus militaris like a military magos leader and how they think through exasus we see some really really interesting stuff um, but, you know, I'm sure we'll discuss a bit more later, but, like, Exasis can split their personalities down to create little yeah. simulations of themselves to have discussions with and things like that. The self, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, this is the version of me that's the tactical mastermind. This is the version of me that's de- dedicated to solving this one problem and nothing else. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> so cool. It's like, you get this, this little three-way conversation between the three different versions of the same character in their own head because they've literally they're literally able to partially separate their consciousness uh mm-hmm. it's kind of like um you i don't know if you read name of the wind by patrick rothfuss no i'm not familiar no, with that there's a thing in that it's like a way of doing magic basically where you have to concentrate completely on different things at the same time you have to break down your mind different parts uh, it's that kind of theory, which is really cool and interesting. We see like mm. how, how the Magos leadership works, you know, like this is a high, high tier military Magos, but they don't actually have all that much influence because they've not gone on to study other things. They've dedicated themselves to working with Skitari and protecting this mm-hmm. Titan. And even on the Titan, they don't have that much influence because they do have to like listen to the princeps and the other pilots. Because, you know, they're literally the captains of the ship in this case. Like, yep. it, it's like, this is, this is a person who has this, ama- this massive amount of power. This, like, you know, this is a Magos that could lead an army of thousands of Skatari all at once. But in this situation, this sort of semi-political situation with, within the Mechanicus and the Titan Legions, they're almost rendered a little powerless, which was really interesting yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Like, all kinds of interesting stuff. The Empress children yeah. show up. So I like that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I loved when they turned up. That's why mm. I messaged you. I was like, oh, there's Emperor's Children in I it. I know. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I kind of was. They're on the cover, <laughs> if you look closely. But <laughs> Oh, I d- yeah, I didn't look that close. But yeah. no, it's, it, no it, it, you're right, actually. As a, as a whole, it, it's a fantastic novel in the sense that you, you're seeing the inner workings of things and you're mm. seeing how, how life... It, you've got this sort of again this dual thing where not only on the outside and the inside of the titan but even on the inside of the titan Mm. you've got this amazing look at the hierarchy between all the different groups everyone has their place um in in this but then even you know even whilst there's all this chaos and you know (laughs) revolution going on inside Mm. it you're still seeing how this hierarchy how they work and i think that's what I i find so intriguing about it that the fact that you you're seeing this different side of things it's not mm. about just war you, yeah. you know in the sense that you, this imperator titan you know it, like i said is one of the most powerful things that you can put on the battlefield yet it it's show, showing you the different little cogs 
and all yeah, the different yeah. things that make it to work, that, that get it to work. I mean, that even literally happens. There's mm. times like that yeah. when, when, when Gelsa is, you know, knows she's the, you know, a cog in a system. There's this great conversation mm. between Gelsa and a inquisitor called uh, Harkus, which, yeah. who stows aboard, which, um, <laughs> where, where there's basically as part of the story, she, she saves him from getting beaten up and, mm. and helps him, uh, on his quest because obviously realizes that, uh, the uh, the Cassus Belli is going to be taken over by heretics as part of the uh, the grand scheme. Mm, mm. Now, th- their interaction is really cool because you on one side you got Gelsa that's like I'm part of I'm a cog I'm a part of the system because basically in the story she's a tributai which is mm. basically a worker class yeah. um, uh, person on on the on the Titan. It's, she's interesting in some ways because she's. She's still human, but then yeah. she's augmented as well. She's mm-hmm. got an exoskeleton, which makes her stronger and I think taller yeah. than uh, a lot yeah. of <laughs> normal people of her size. Um, she's got stimulants in her, which mm. uh, is alluded to as well. It's not at one point as well. So you've got the, you know, these two characters that are on completely different spectrums. You've got, like I said, this worker class who, um, character and then you've got an inquisitor which you know think of the power knowledge <laughs> that an inquisitor holds you know mm. the, the, from a, you know the fact that they can perform an exterminant natus on a oh, planet um, was, which um, is actually part of a, com- a conversation yeah, about that isn't there yeah there was there was a really great moment because um there are veterans from the armageddon war on board but there's a great yes. moment where they're talking about how they their great 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 however many greats grandparents served during the first war for armageddon and the inquisitor goes mm-hmm. don't you mean the second war and everyone looks at him yeah. <laughs> and that was the moment I was like okay he is really an inquisitor he knows that there were actually three wars for Armageddon three two. wars <laughs> he's like oh yeah yeah the, yeah, the, the second the first, war it yeah. was definitely the first war yeah you're correct it wasn't the second one <laughs> it was yeah like, it, that was really great I loved that <laughs> yeah exactly it's, and uh, I thought that was a great nod as well because obviously mm. we you know we covered uh, Armageddon or the wars yeah. of Armageddon obviously yeah. a few episodes ago and it was it was great listening to this, this sort of conversation <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And he, putting in little yeah, he, he knows. He's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we predicted it. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're trendsetters, and it, it was great to have. Where, like I said, you got that conversation between all these different characters about Armageddon because mm. ultimately it 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 was it, it felt like it was more than a nod as well. It was mm. it was showing the bigger picture yeah. and history. I, you know, because outside of this Titan, because again, it's a mm. self-contained mm. Titan. But like I said, people are living on this on this Titan for years, yeah. And the fact that they still know about these sort of things, and like in in, in essence, Armageddon has no connection to this Titan, but it does mm. because you've got the Armageddon Vent Fighters, yeah, that appear on this. So basically, there's these as part of the well, a part of the crew. They've taken these what are known as vent fighters they're called the xenagia yeah. in the uh, in the novel they're basically so they're vent fighters so they're these these smaller uh, able fighters that can literally mm. run through vents um and obviously you know would have fought in tunnels back on armageddon yeah, yeah. and you know they found a place in this titan it's great that mm. they were they because basically they were saved by you know, by the forces on Armageddon mm. and have been, you know, as part of the, oh, you know, thanks for saving us. We'll, we'll, you know, Tag we'll be along. part of your team. We'll yeah. Part of and the it's, de- it, they're part of the defense system. They're like a turret. Yeah. Except yeah, just a bunch of guys it, running around in vents and dropping yeah, out onto it's, people. It's so good. Exactly. It's an amazing, you know, it, <laughs> it, it's, and that, that's what I, again, I think was great about this novel. There's all these lovely little surprises in there. Mm. You know, I was mm. like, there was no, you know, because I think when you first see them is when, 
um, Gelser is trying to fight that uh, Empress children that, yeah, that she's basically yeah. fighting and he's enjoying getting beaten up by her, but he, yeah. he's not really. He's just <laughs> he's just being a typical Emperor's children and yeah. being quite sadistic about it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, these vent fighters drop from the vents and and, and take him out basically yeah. with Gelsa. It's amazing. Like, wow. Oh. The, but but it makes sense. Though, oh yeah. Because absolutely. You know, he doesn't he doesn't feel out of place. No. And. <laughs> and you, you know, let's be honest. Unless you read this novel, you wouldn't have known about these things. Oh, no. I, I never know there's vent, no. there's vent fighters from Armageddon <laughs> on a big Emperor class Titan. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's like what? Where do these come from? But you know, he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't feel out of out mm. of sort really. Yeah. Um, and it, I feel like that kind of thing helps ground the Titan itself, like in the 40k universe as well. Like this Titan was there during the Third War for Armageddon. Like it defended the planet against waves and waves of orcs, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because of that, these fighters have generationally been sort of part of the crew. They've tagged along for the ride, so to speak. And it just... This this is one small conflict, you know, on one small planet against one small group of traders after the Great Rift, but through the Titan itself, because it's this ancient god machine that's been walking around since before the Heresy, there is this connection back through to the rest of the universe, which is really great. And I really enjoyed... Yeah that that kind of feeling um, and that and that's what, and it felt like a comparison from this whole cog of the system thing mm. that like you said that you know there's times throughout the novel where gelsa gets seen like i said as a cog and you know one she's just one thing of a bigger picture and mm. that's sort of almost like this microcosm macrocosm thing going on with the titan that's a bigger thing but then in comparison, when it, you compare it to the size of a planet mm. and a war mm. for Armageddon, it's just one little piece. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's, there's some weird parallels going on there, but it, yeah. it, you know, but it makes sense as well. Um, actually, let's talk about the, let's talk about the hierarchy and the mm. way that the, the Titan is set up. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, from the, the pilots and things like that side of things. So the, the cat's getting involved again. What's she that, Camera's cat? You want to? Yeah, yeah. You want to join the crew? You want to be the yeah. princess? You want to be the you wanna, princess? Oh, baby. Yeah. You want to run a Titan? You want to pilot a Titan? <laughs> oh, um, just because we might not mention it, the funniest and the most realistic thing I think in this entire book is the Tributi have a chip that they hacked together yep. that lets yep. you momentarily connect to the brain of the Titan as a way yep. to get high. And I love yeah. that. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it, again, oh. it, it's, it's got, cause I, I don't know about you. I, when I was visualizing this, mm. I, it reminded me of, I don't know, similar to the Matrix movies. Yeah. You know, so, you know, yeah. when they're in the real world, you know, the real world, um, I, it came across like that, where there, you know, there's pipes everywhere, there's steam, mm. there, and they're at, they've got their own ways of dealing with things, and it's sort of similar to that, you know, when they plugged into the Matrix and go, I know kung fu. Yeah. It's a bit like that, where they like they plug into a data chip and they're like, oh, and just enjoying being part mm. of a of, part a, of the in, god in, machine you know, just for a few exactly. seconds. Exactly, exactly, and it's like <laughs> so it's done as part of gambling and things like that, so it's yeah. getting passed around, and they're doing it on their breaks as well. Yeah. Like, oh right, yeah, I'll use it next break, and it's 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 yeah. <laughs> It's fantastic, and that's why, uh, like I said, the hierarchy because it, it feel again it feels real. Yeah. Because why wouldn't that happen? Oh yeah, on, absolutely. You know, someone on the, on would try to jockey ride the Titan. Absolutely, someone <laughs> was going to do that. <laughs> they call it ride the Titan, isn't it? I think that's yeah, the, the, the yeah. way they describe it. Yeah. Because it, it's literally <laughs> like hacking into the mind.
designed uplink system that the princeps, the pilots normally use to become part of the machine is like for, yeah. from, for like four seconds, your soul gets to be joined with a Titan. And then either someone has to hit the button to get you out or you have to program it to boot you out because otherwise your brain just yeah. explodes. Yeah, you just overload. literally can't handle it. Exactly. <laughs> and that's sort of where the, you know, so from the actual hierarchy point of view, that's where the princeps and the moderatus prime and the moderatus secundus come in. Mm. So, you know, basically the, the sort of the piloting system, if you want to call it, is similar to how you'd see on, you know, other movies, something you'd see like similar to Pacific Rim in a way where they're yeah. sort of, they're yeah. hooked into the system, you know, and then becomes a soul of the Titan. So, so at the top, you've got the Princeps Sonoris, Sonoris, mm-hmm. um, who's, you know, is the main, the main pilot and is properly in plugged in. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it was, you know, it sounds, it sounds bizarre, but that is actually probably the, the hardest thing mm. that they, they need to be able to do. And then, like I said, you've got the Moderatus Prime, the Moderatus Secundus, um, mm. Who basically the man the weapons? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And again, you know, it's 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 crazy that you've got literally one person hooked in purely to to you know shoot the you know the, you know, the hellstorm cannon, yeah. for example. Yeah, or the, it's, it's not know, even the shooting, plasma annihilator. Yeah, like one of them's not even shooting the main guns; it's shooting the little batteries that are all over this goddamn <laughs> yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's the fact that it, they need they need the whole person devoted to mm. that just that one like I said that one thing they're just in charge of the the battery guns but they have to be because yeah. you know yeah. like like it it, it it you know it does it quite often through the novel where the soul of the titan is almost like a human soul you know yeah. it feels yeah. you know the, the 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 anyone that's connected to the titan in some way especially obviously you know the 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 princeps and the and the moderati. Mm. They're you know they're they're so they're hooked in, so they feel everything. You know if the titan yeah. gets hit, they feel it. Mm. Um, but then also as well, which I I, I don't know if you felt that or found the same, but it mm. it come across like that the the titan has a soul that's separate to them in oh, the yeah. sense that. Yeah. Like, well, there's, you know, there's, there's times where the the titan like doesn't fight. He's like, no, nope, I'm yeah. not going to fight. It fight. It fights. Mm against itself you know even mm, though they're mm. even though they're piloting it it's still in control you know it's a bit similar to riding a horse yeah you know you're yeah. in charge of the horse or should be but mm. the horse still has its own brain and feelings and oh, go yeah. well no i'm not going to do that and the and the titan mm. has that side of things as well yeah yeah like like the, i mean the big joke with 40k is that like the machine spirit that the mechanicus all worship is probably a collection of millennia's worth of bugs building up on top of each other to make a pattern of weird behavior but in the case <laughs> in the case of titans these things literally have souls more or less like <laughs> the there there is a super powered ai somewhere there's a core sitting somewhere in that giant body that mm-hmm. is that is capable of true sentience it, it can make its own decisions it can f- like 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 you said it can fight against the decisions of the pilots if it wants to uh it it gives voice to its feeling um feelings there's a great bit where uh the titan sounds its war horns because they're they're this thing that aren't necessary to the function at all like they're these two massive speakers and like the the explanation is they're partly to warn ground troops to start getting out of the way because this thing's about to start hauling ass and starting a fight (laughs) but the reason they were initially installed is because in the first titans it's because the titans wanted a voice like they wanted to be able to yell as they charge into battle and stuff like that and it's Mm -hmm. literally the machine of its own accord hitting the button for play the speakers 
and let me express <laughs> myself, which was really great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, and I think it 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 come it sort of plays into this AI soul thing that mm. gets alluded to quite often, especially with Exasis as well. Yeah, that, yeah. Like you alluded to earlier, we've got you know Exasis breaks down themselves into different personalities you've got you know mm. exasis primary you've got exasis uh secondary and then you've got exasis uh tactical, tactical which is the yeah. which is the you know the military version which is all about um uh, dealing and reacting to the situation whereas mm. you know primary and secondary are more about analyzing and you know from a strategic point of view yeah but yeah. you know which I, I you know i i like you i know you were talking about earlier but i i just find that part fantastic oh, when exasis so was good. talking to themselves yeah it, you know it, it just it felt it sounded bizarre i mean i i suppose i had the luxury mm. of listening to it as opposed to reading it yeah and yeah. What, the way they've done it as part of the audiobook is they've recorded when any of the any of the conversations on the noon sphere is mm. is basically done like slightly uh, like it's done a slightly in a like in a cave, you know. It's yeah, sort of slightly yeah. off, echo-y. you know, where you echoey, you know, which is you know someone like talking on a headset mm, would do, mm. and it it works so well. So when Exasis is talking to themselves, you've you got this situation. I love the fact when you've got the three way conversations where primary, <laughs> yeah. secondary, and tactical, uh, you know, analyzing these situations mm. because, and it, it's good. Is it, well, I think what was quite cool about it as well is that obviously Exasis is a a very thoughtful character in the sense that because he oh they i should say he um they analyze every situation because because obviously they're in charge of the skatari so they're looking at everything from a, a military and, a, and obviously very key about things being efficient yeah, and yeah. uh you know that side of things everything you know and and it's quite funny that the fact that the the, the princeps, but particularly the moderati, are always putting them down as well. Mm. Every time Exasis comes up with, you know, oh, I think we should, you know, worry about this, or I don't think that should happen. Like, shut up, <laughs> get back to your box, because that's basically the way they treat them. Yeah, and yeah. obviously part of that is being a heretic as well, because obviously there's corruption from mm. <laughs> up above in the uh, in in the uh, the pilot side of things but yeah. ultimately i i mean what did you think of that actually that sort of par- you know that situation where exasis was getting put down a lot for do you think it was purely because obviously there was like geverin is you know turns out to be a heretic yeah and but or do you think that's just something that would happen anyway i think it is probably something that would happen anyway because like there, there is this massive difference between the three princeps and a magus dominus, for example. Like, with the princeps, they have to be almost entirely human. They have to have a minimal amount of augmentation, uh, mm-hmm. because the the way the mind-uplink interface uh, works with the titan is that the titan basically senses the way you would move your body and takes that as instructions. And if you've got an augmetic leg, for example, uh, like the princeps senioris walks with a cane because she can't get an yeah. augmetic leg. Uh, a tyranid, because, a tyranid bone cane. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, if she got an augmented <laughs> leg, the Titan wouldn't be able to sense one of her legs anymore, so she couldn't actually drive the Titan effectively. Yeah. Um, and so the princeps, like in contrast to a normal tech priest, or in this case a Megastomus, are very, very plain human, which is really weird uh, from mm-hmm. the tech priest's point of view. Like they don't understand why they do certain things and things like that. Where the whereas the um. 
on the side of the Magos Dominus, they are this very transhuman, this very different thing. And also, like, humans like power, and as a princeps, your entire job is to walk around feeling like a god titan all day. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my personal interpretation was it's part of, like, there's, an, uh, there's a slight level of arrogance where it's like, we are above you, we are literally part of this yeah. thing. Yeah, it comes across like yeah. that. Yeah. And also, Exasus is technically there, because this is part of a greater campaign. Exasus is there to direct just the Skatari troops. Yes. Which are for defending the Titan's legs from, think you know, things like people running up with a melter bomb, for example. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, throughout most of the book, the Skatari aren't needed, because there's there, there are no ground attacks happening. It is Titans slowly walking towards a city and bombing the hell out of it while they walk there, effectively. <laughs> and, you know... At that point in time, Exasus is unnecessary, and all that they are doing is they are getting in the princeps' way, they're sending messages, they're theorizing about enemy action and all that kind of thing, which is their job, but they're also a bit of a chatterbox, I guess, is a way to describe their personality. Like, yeah. They like to talk yeah. and they like to theorize out loud, they like to get other people's opinions, because it, it's partly because they don't fully trust their own analysis, but also because mm-hmm. they, I think they just like the interaction to some degree. Like yeah, whereas the mm. to the to the to the pilots, it's it's almost like a distraction, isn't it? Like yeah, yeah okay, yeah. yeah, that's nice. Yeah, you've you've got your you know your your lovely little simulator there. Yeah, mm. okay, I don't care mm. if it's ninety four percent efficient. You know, it's like it just because <laughs> that's what obviously Exasis is doing throughout when they're destroying mm. stuff. It's like oh, your you know your kill efficiency was ninety four percent. Yeah, and you know, and yeah. from from Exasis point of view, it's like oh, that's that's really good, really good. And mm. you know, from the Princeps point of view, it's like. I don't care. I've yeah. just destroyed that. I've just yeah. destroyed that, the enemies. That's all I care about. Um, because I suppose that's mm, their purpose. That's the, yeah. the Majos's purpose, ultimately. Mm. You know, it's, yeah. it's that search for knowledge, which yeah. is obviously a part of the, the cult, you know, the cult Mechanicus, uh, Mechanicus which yeah. is part of the, you know, the Omnisire and the Machine God. So it, it, it all sort of plays in. Exasis is behaving how a Majos Dominus should. would, yeah. should. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is what they would do. Yeah, uh, which I think it's really great is that um, there's the Exasis references it a lot, but um, there's a particular theorem within the cult mecha- within the cult uh, Mechanicus Metallica uh, about a way to get a certain kill efficiency on a battlefield. And mm-hmm. at the moment, Exasis's great work is to increase that theory's efficiency by 0.8 percent or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it, it 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 feels like someone doing like their postgraduate degree. Like if I just do this and I do that and I study and I study and I talk with everyone about it, and everyone hates me talking about it because I've been, <laughs> I've talked about this paper for three years straight and I still haven't finished it. Um, <laughs> kind well, of that, that gets brought yeah. up. It gets brought up a few times, doesn't it? With yeah. with Exasis being sort of held back in some ways mm. because obviously they get put, you know they get shown that they're not progressing at the level that they should because obviously it does allude to a bit later in the novel where as a as a major may dominus you've got different paths you can go they spe- you know and that's yeah. how the mechanicus work uh, the depths of mechanicus works in the sense that they you know they can specialize in you know from a biological point of view there's yeah. language and all these different things they can there's i think about 12 um, different routes they can go mm-hmm. um and Rather than sort of being a, a jack of all, um, Exasis has decided to go, you know, use one particular yeah. route and yeah. and and is 
sort of held in disregard for doing that in some ways it's like it's almost like you said it's it's like a mad professor coming up with a yeah, theory like yeah. no no I, i'm one day i'm going to show you everyone I, I know exactly what i'm talking about <laughs> and i'm gonna you know my theories are gonna be you know revolutionary but you know and i was like yeah yeah that's nice yeah oh, okay yeah you, you go yeah, back to your yeah. your lab and start playing around that's sort of how you know how the interactions come across yeah and it's yeah. quite and it's funny because obviously with what happens in the end anyway with both <laughs> things turn around yeah <laughs> so yeah um but uh i do you how did you find the the difference between those two characters as well i would say sorry as in um exasis and gelsa because obviously you've got mm. two completely different ends of the spectrum and it obviously does alternate pretty much throughout the novel between those two do you you know did you like that parallel yeah, I I really really did. Like there there is they only actually meet a couple of times throughout the entire book. Um and mm-hmm. the first one is this sort of non non necessary interaction where um they're up near the top of the Titan and Gelsa asks uh asks Exasis for a blessing and Exasis is like, mm-hmm. oh, "Oh, right, yeah, does the blessing and the, you know, that's the moment where you see their face." But yeah. Yeah, uh but gave this feel like Exasis is not only because this this whole time we've seen Exasis as basically, like you said, a sort of mad professor, like solely focused on figuring out this theory, on working out how best to apply this theory, on working out all these tactical solutions and doing all these simulations, simulations, simulations. And then we see it from Gels's point of view, this is not a scientist, this is a religious figure, almost. Yes. Yeah. Like it literally goes up and asks for a blessing. Um, you know, get the little <laughs> machine oil anointment and everything. Um, yeah, and, like, has a genuine religious experience as well. Like, you know, feels uplifted and affirmed mm. through that action. Well, every time every time she does something, like, fixes something or deals with it, it's mm. like, you know, praise them, you know, bless the Omnissiah, you know, yeah, you know yeah. praise the machine god for, you know, mm. for letting it. And that's the thing. That's quite an interesting fact, actually, because as part of her role is effectively a mechanic that's that's yeah. what she she is you know with her multi-tool she's there but you know when she fixed something like we get it it's the fact mm. that not that you've done it like well done you fixed it it's no thanks you know thank the omnissiah for giving me the ability to you know to fix it yeah. and they, they yeah. pray you know pray after every little thing like yes mm. we did it you know it's, it's um, <laughs> you know it's it, it's quite funny because it's it's almost like, like a bit of a contradiction because obviously because the mechanicus is very like we see with exasis is very you know stat orientated it's all about efficiency and things like that yeah the religious side of it is very inefficient in some ways because mm. it you know you you're spending half your, how it comes across is like every time you fix something you then pray about it rather than yeah. getting on with fixing the next thing it's quite a i mean it, it, has, it makes sense because it has its yeah. purpose in that yeah but it's quite a yeah it just feels like a slight contradiction in the well, way they work but but then yeah, they from, sort of from, are anyway aren't they yeah but from their point of view like to not do that would decrease efficiency because mm. it's not it's mm. not about just the action itself it's about how that action reflects on the machine as a whole and how it reflects on the whole cult of the omnissiah as well and how that reflects upon this machine is a representation of our god like it's a, it's a very efficiency like mechanically focused thing but it is still at its root a religion it's not it's mm-hmm. not a job it's it's a vocation it's a calling kind of deal um yeah yeah. yeah, like even mm. even all, even all the higher level magoses, they are still priests, effectively. 
<laughs> like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's quite an interesting concept actually when you look at it that way because yeah because you've got you know you've got priests everywhere they're they're held in such high regard and it mm. it it's that again it's that contradiction where you've got the the I know the advancement of technology and you know the fact that you know like I said Exasis can break his his or their personality yeah. down mm. into, into yeah sorry get the, get the right pronoun um <laughs> right that their um personality into into multiple versions and can run simulations you know and then on the other thing on the other side you've got these tech priests blowing incense into the air and and mm. you know and it's it's I, I it's it's an awesome combination it just yeah it, and i think that's what the the novel definitely comes across with it i think the yeah. fact you you see it you know it it really reinforces that that this particular and this particular way of doing things is no different as it would be on any other titan it's just obviously oh, yeah. personified because of obviously the scale of this particular type of titan this is the yeah. way they do things and have yeah. done and and it it works for them and they wouldn't see it any other way i don't think mm. you know there's yeah. times when gelsa especially when her conversations with harkus the the, the inquisitor you know any mm. sort of like have you you know have you thought of more do you want more out of life <laughs> and she's like no i'm perfectly happy yeah, you know i, I fix things the biggest machine in the world <laughs> You know? Yeah, why would I want anything else? Because there's mm. times where he's saying to her, oh, I'd love you to come work for me after this job's done. And she's like, no, I don't want to do that, <laughs> no, thank you. Man. I want to carry on fixing things, mm. you know, praising the Omnissiah and, and you know, being part of this massive machine. And it's yeah. it's it's great, actually, because you're like you said earlier, you're seeing this, mm. I don't know, I suppose this difference in arrogance or, or lack of arrogance mm. you know like i said you've got yeah. the princeps and the moderati and their arrogant ways at the top and you've got gelsa and you know the people of her her level who you mm. know just like oh, i'm just happy doing what i'm doing yeah you know, i've got no yeah. other reason to do anything else i'm mm. you know i'm i'm perfectly happy yeah <laughs> exactly you know yeah they'll you know they'll ride the titan using their their forged data chip but that's just a bit of you know to let loose for five minutes literally yeah. five minutes yeah <laughs> and uh, and then and then move on it's it's yeah it's and that's why i thought it was amazing when you do see that pit where she's mm. looking out and seeing the battlefield on the outside it's almost mm. like everything outside that titan is completely irrelevant it oh, doesn't yeah. matter. You know, it doesn't matter what mm. is happening with the rest of the Imperium. It's what's happening on board this Titan, on this Titan and how it's, mm. you know, as long as, as long as the Titan's fine, then I'm fine. It's, it's mm. a, a really cool way of looking at things. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> right. Um, I really, I really liked, because you mentioned incense earlier, this is where my brain went off. I really liked that <laughs> there were explanations in this book for why things are done. Like, everything does have a purpose. Like, all the prayer and stuff, obviously, you're in a machine with a literal soul. You should, mm-hmm. you know, make make sure that it knows that you appreciate it. Um, yes. But yep. with with the incense, uh, you know, from Gelsa and the Inquisitor's point, it's just incense. But then when Exasus uses incense, they use it deliberately at certain points. Uh, yes. Because yep. it's, a, it's a bacteriophagal incense. It is actually a disinfectant. So, like, when, yeah, yes. when when they enter the command center, for example, with all the weak, fleshy humans piloting the Titan, they spurt the incense everywhere because they need to make sure that these people don't get sick and die. And, you know, they, yes. that they're not bringing any outside contamination into this holy site. But the actual mm. reason the incense is coming out is not because it's a sacred place, but because it's a place that needs to be kept clean. You know, and stuff like but, that. But- 
it's really cool. It's, it, but it's, <laughs> it's, it feels like it's, it's dual purpose as well because oh, it's yeah. that, and it also comes across like um, a, a, a sign of happiness and relief as well because mm. yeah. at times when the tech priest or assassin will release puffs of incense and it's almost like a mm. you know a i don't know just a, a way yeah, of showing emotion yeah yeah like uh, you know like a like a like a it's almost like a <laughs> sigh like a uh, just like letting yeah. it out just because yeah. it's it's amazing because you you know it would just be seen in some ways just as a religious thing because obviously that's what mm. often incense can be used for but in this sense yeah. it's used for you know something as simple as incense mm. is used in completely different ways and yeah it's really interesting to see and that yeah. and i think that summarizes that that side of the novel that there mm. is this such this dual parallel thing where you got one side you got the religious side of things and then the other mm. side you got the tech you know the technology side of things and how they in a way, they do work together really well, actually, in yeah, fact. Yeah, and, well, and And they couldn't be one without the other. Yeah, well, it, it's like, it it speaks to how old Warhammer 40k as a setting is. Not not like it was created back in, you know, the 80s and 90s, but it, it's, a, <laughs> it's the 41st millennium, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the reason the incense is bacteriophagal is not because they said we should have incense. Oh, it should do something more than just be incense. No, it probably just started out as we need to keep this place clean. And over, you know, 20,000 years, it became, yeah. this is the holy incense that is made of this special type of bacteria eating particle. We will, you know, we'll spray it when we enter this certain place or when we have this certain reaction to meeting a new person or things like that. But the initial meaning was, you know, it's disinfectant, and it grew into religious meaning as the cult mechanicus grew up alongside all these different machines, and, you know, things got more strange, and people forgot how exactly to use things, and so those religious constraints became ways to remember how to do things in the correct order, for example. Like, you know, you pray three times, then you press this seal, you pray another two times, then you turn that wheel, it's or you pull that lever or whatever. Like, those rituals are easier to remember than mm-hmm. say writing down a 1500 page instruction and maintenance manual for one <laughs> leg of the titan <laughs> yeah it, it's um, actually funny funny saying about the scale of the age of things as well you mm. also put things in perspective these titans are very very old as well oh, yeah like for example there's a the, i mean it doesn't i don't think it actually explicitly says about the cassis belly but i think it was talking mm. about one of the other titans i think yeah. it's one of the warhound titans it's eight thousand years old yeah you know yeah. <laughs> that's because <laughs> let's be honest with everything else you look at especially when it comes to vehicles you just think yeah they're you know they're quite old you know you can a, a dreadnought could be a couple of hundred years old for example but you know like i said these are you know these are millennia old oh, machines yeah. Yeah. You know, this is that, and that is why, and that again plays into this uh, godlike uh, creation that they are in some way. That's mm. why they're held in such high regard, not just because of the cult mechanicus religion side of things, but, but yeah. also because, you know, they've been around for so long that you, I suppose, they, from their perspective, they can't imagine a world without them. You know, no, they, no. You know, it's a sim- you know similar to the emperor, the primarchs, and things yeah, like that. They've been yeah. around for so long; it's just that you wouldn't know any different, and that is why yeah. they get to. Whereas ultimately, the you know the Cassis Belly is just a big robot. <laughs> ultimately, yeah. with you know that is what it is. It, it's mm. core. I know there's more to it than that, but yeah, yeah. it is held in such a high regard and godlike you know entity. Mm. Because of you know because of its age as well it's it's yeah. absolutely and I yeah. I didn't realize they were that old really it's, oh yeah it's, like it's scary no one no one makes these anymore really no. like 
that, no. there was a bit where you know there was an argument between Exasus and the Princeps about whether or not they should make the area they're passing through safer for Imperial Guard troops following behind them, and you know the Princeps goes, a guard troop, an entire guard regiment can be raised within a few years, no problem. To repair yep. the Cassus Belly, if there was an accident here, would take the resources of hundreds of worlds, and it would take centuries yeah, to fix, like, crazy, a broken leg, for example. Because, you know, they don't make these anymore. If they're, if it gets damaged, you have to fix it. And fixing yep. anything at this point in time, now that fixing stuff is a religious deal, it mm, takes a long time yeah, to do. True. You've got to wave the incense, you've got to pray, you've got to, you've got to do the one spot weld, you've got to wave the incense, you've got to pray, you've got to do the next spot weld. You got to do this on a hundred and fifty meter tall machine. Come on, it's going to take forever. <laughs> and that's the thing, isn't it? That the uh, from like from a scale point of view is that mm. that how long it ta- like I said how long it takes to build them. Oh, sorry, how mm. long it takes to repair them. Think of what it's like when they lose one. Like how, yeah, yeah. you know the times throughout the novel when one of them ends up destroyed. Like they all feel it. All look, they you know it's not just a simple mm. like oh you know one of ours has been destroyed they they feel it on like a on a personal oh, yeah. and almost emotional you know as emotional mm. as that can be you know there's times where where they see it you know say one of the titans is blown up get you know they'll just like they'll be almost in tears over it because of oh that's, yeah you know that's part of their history being taken out because yeah. of, of the the age and and like i said they're not going to mm. be able to replace that titan oh no and, and that's why these battle groups like this one in particular mm. is only thrown in as a last resort. Like I said, they've had three years of the Astra Militarum battering these heretics because they're dispensable at the end of yeah. the day. These those yeah. three years, like, yeah, it's only Imperial Guard, who cares? We'll replace yeah. them because literally that is the mentality they'll have. Mm. Whereas okay, they're really digging in, we'll get the Titans in because the old and I suppose they they're always looked at as the ultimate end because mm. there's nothing they they in theory there should be nothing that will surpass them ultimately yeah, yeah. you know there they be any you know, way they can lose <laughs> no so they 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 will get the job done there's no fear i know mm. obviously because of this this particular story being a trap and things like that so things didn't end up obviously as good as they were hoping but that is the mentality they go in you you, you know you take it bring in a imperator type titan it will get the job done. It's like it's got no fear. <laughs> Ultimately, yeah, it will. Yeah. It will do. It will do the job. It will take out whatever you want it to take out. Mm. That's why it's funny that, like we said earlier, why they're not caring about kill efficiencies and things like that. Because yeah. ultimately, the you know the the crew are looking at going. I've got a big bastard gun here. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's that's it's it's the ultimate end. It's going to take mm. out whatever's in front of it. I don't care yeah, yeah. if it's ninety four or ninety three percent. You know, so that mm. you know con- that uh, confliction is quite interesting. But uh, yeah, um, we see also some uh, Castellan robots making appearance yeah. at times, yeah. which is always good. Um, I they're always a personal favorite of mine i think they're yeah. really cool and mm. i to me they acted as i would imagine because obviously castellan robots are very archaic in yeah. technology compared to a lot of other things where you know they they're given direct and very simple orders simple you know very you know protect and serve sort of side of yeah. things just literally yeah. defend or that and I, I what i thought was quite interesting the fact that it's done on this faithful unfaithful mm. 
yeah. <laughs> way of doing it. So that when they're programmed to look after or attack something, it is down to whether they're faithful or unfaithful, which mm. is really cool. I thought it was a really cool way of, you know, and it's also it highlights how simple things have to be for them because yeah. of the way their logic is, because they're, like I said, they're very archaic robots. They, they, they can't be go well you can you can shoot that one but not that one but you can shoot that one over there you know they wouldn't be able to deal with that it's like right now let's <laughs> no, break it down no. they're either yes or no <laughs> yeah it's so yeah. it's almost like a binary you know which mm, is sort of quite yeah. you know uh, way of doing it it's very you know black and white it's zeros and and ones it's like right they're either faithful or they're unfaithful so yeah. you kill those and you defend those. That's it. It's as simple as that. And obviously that changes uh, throughout the uh, through the novel as well, which I thought was really cool. And they're, and they're badass as well oh, with their yeah. phosphorus cannons and things like that. They <laughs> they uh, they properly uh, burn things. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. So one thing I was going to say. What did you think? Because there's at one point when um, mm. some of the rebel Skatari are getting killed. Um, there, there's this one little paragraph where it highlights that they they look at the dead body of the Skatari and its helm and there's like almost like tentacles coming out of the, yeah. of the dead body. What did you think of that side of things? Cause we'll see that's um, where the corruption comes in. Yeah. I mean that that's interesting. And like the book makes a good point of those Skatari probably didn't themselves choose to fall to chaos. Uh, yes. It was their Magos Dominus that made that decision for them. But it's interesting to look at how things work differently like the whole idea of the dark mechanicus is that they want to advance technology they want to learn and create new things and a lot of the times the easiest way to power something difficult that works integrally within a person is to use demons or to use the power (laughs) of chaos um and so i i took that as like this is uh an you know an advancement in the way you know skatari are controlled by omegos and you know how they you know are tougher slightly than a normal person um and instead of through all these difficult to create and to adjust to augmetics it's just we've implanted this thing in you off you go you're now under our control uh kind of deal Mm. and you know it's it's a sign of corruption because it's a non-mechanical weird living squirming thing and (laughs) Like, you know, it it sets up the difference between the Mechanicum and the uh, Dark Mechanicum, effectively. The Mechanicum is, yeah. apart from, like, the Magos Biologu- Biologus and stuff, pretty much all about them robots and all about them yes. robot bits. Uh, whereas the Dark Mechanicus will explore anything that works because they want new things. They want new and interesting things. They want new and demon power things. They want new and maybe not made out of metal things. For, for example, in this case, the tentacles. <laughs> um... Yeah, and it, it's also a good sign of, like, insidious corruption, I think, as well. Because, yeah, like, yeah, when, when these Skatari first came aboard, there was not really any indication that they were different at all to the regular Skatari that were already on board the mm-hmm. Titan. You know, they had a different uniform. That was it. That and was about it, it yeah. Yeah. And, but then once you peel aside the mask, or in this case, the helmet, you see <laughs> the corruption of chaos hiding underneath that uniform of, you know, acceptance and part of the group. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, actually, talking of corruption, I thought one of the my favourite scenes was the scene between Exasis and Olvatia, um mm. when they when they talk about corruption and how the, the level of authority changes between the two, because as, mm. as part of the novel, uh, which is part of the, this trap and plan, Olvatia, which is another uh, major dominus, uh, comes aboard 
um, who's obviously corrupt and part of the Dark mm. Mechanicum. Um, and basically, she sort of revokes Exasis's authority over the Skatari using yeah. logic. I thought that yeah. was a fascinating <laughs> thing. They have a they have a, a sort of they have a conversation in person because obviously what you've got to understand throughout this whole novel, a lot of the conversations are done on the Neosphere, where you know they're all done on this sort of over Wi-Fi. cybernetic, yeah, it's like a <laughs> Wi-Fi sort of way of talking, um, which has been around since the the days of the Great Crusade. It's not new technology by any yeah. means. It's been around for thousands of years at this point. So. These two have a conversation in, you know, in in person, if that's the way you mm. want to put it. That um, and basically because she plays on Exasis's way of being, because like I said, Exasis is a character that is all about logic, all about mm. um, about presumption over assumption. It's always about mm. you know reason over taking a gamble, for example. Yeah. So yeah. basically, she explains to him that right i'm going to take over as the major dominus now um because you're in a position where you can't win and rather mm. than him fighting it going yeah but i'm gonna get you it's it's like oh, okay yes i can see that <laughs> it's very sort of yeah, like matter yeah. of fact and you know there's as part of that she talks about the corruption she talks about the warp uh mm. to him and i i think that's what I, what i what I liked about the novel, and this is one example of it, where there's times where you know, from what we know as people that are into the law and into yeah. the universe, we yeah. there's things where they're alluding to where sort of Gav's written it to where you can go, oh, I know what he's talking about here. Like, you know, even when you're talking about simple things like, uh, oh, yeah, there's some chaos marines that are in pink and black. You're like, Emperor's yeah. Children. I know yeah. exactly what that yeah. is. Um, where. You know, where and in this case, Alvatia is talking about the corruption, talking about this energy. Where you know there isn't about logic; it's about you know feeling and things like that. And obviously, Exasis is like, "Oh, you're talking about the warp, then, aren't you?" You know, so you know you almost can mm. guess before you see it what they're talking about. Um, and I thought, like I said, I thought the conversation between those two was fantastic because the fact yeah. that she then uses the logic, but then it reverses later down in the in the, in the novel <laughs> when when he takes authority back off her. And yeah. because, and this is the the great sort of situation where he's well, sorry, I keep saying he, sorry. where they have changed over the course of the of the story because obviously mm. because Exasis is you know relying on logic and not making gambles, not making assumptions that he threw he throws a data packet of information to Alvatia yeah. and to go, this is why I'm taking control back now because you're going to yeah. lose. And, and again, based on the, knowing that he wouldn't set, do anything different than that, she she believes everything mm. that he says to her, and then to the point where she even gets terminated over it as well. Yeah, and it's fantastic because he's actually lied in his data. Yeah. Actually, and, yeah. and his 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 sub personas, you know, secondary and tactical, are going. Hang on, you you, you lied in that, and he's like, and the, yeah. yeah, yeah, I did actually, yeah. Because you know, and it's it's that that evolution was, of the character was fantastic. Yeah, They've got, yeah. You know, I I thought it was I brilliant, that, absolutely that. brilliant. That yeah, <sighs> right. Oh man, it's, anything. I know. So there's a lot to. <laughs> I mean, so like so, I, yeah. that's the thing. You know, we, I think when we're as we're talking about this, we are having to jump around because oh yeah, you know, oh, there's yeah. just so many little bits to to talk about without actually just <laughs> re, mm. you know reeling off the whole story because obviously that's not yeah. what we want to do yeah. um i'm sure what else there was um, um yeah how, i mean how, 
how do you feel about yeah. uh, Magos body designs? Because we've got Olvatia and we've got Exasus for two very different uh, assemblages of how to make a Magos. Um, <laughs> yeah, cause, yeah, because he, because he, yeah, sorry, um, Exasus yeah. gets um, described as like a like a millipede, yeah, type, but with um, like humanoid arms instead of legs, yeah, and which and is then great. I, exactly, <laughs> and I and when and when he. Okay, sorry. Apologies. I keep saying he because I know that's <laughs> you go into this this weird pronoun situation. But when when they take on their war skin, basically their war mm. skin is like um, where they turn almost like into a trans. <laughs> where Zasta turns into a transformer and bolt this yeah. this sort of system of guns and armor bolts mm. onto yeah. their current sort of millipede type. I uh, I body. imagined it as like the um the droidicas from Star Wars. Like yes, a little yeah. ball of guns and knives. Yeah, basically that's what. It, yeah, I, I, it reminded me. I don't know. I, this could be an age thing because obviously you're younger mm. than me. But uh, <laughs> there was a <laughs> there was a cartoon years ago back when I was a kid called the Centurions. Now mm. you pretty again it may be a bit before your age, but basically it was <laughs> yeah. Now basically they the Centurions were these three guys and they wore these these suits that had sort of holes in them that something would bolt onto one mm. was one was uh like it was just, the three of them were one was air one was land one was sea yeah. basically yeah and basically their equipment was bolt was um basically teleported down from a space station up in space obviously okay. um and yeah. you know they'd go oh can, oh can you you know can you give me this gear and like all of a sudden it would just appear on the, like it would teleport on their <laughs> you know arms or they have guns yeah. on their arms yeah. and rockets on their back and stuff like that and that's sort of how i imagined it is like where they you know you can, i can imagine this like millipede type um <laughs> Magos uh, like holds itself out and this this war skin just sort of wraps around it and like like all these things just bolt yeah. on yeah. um and I like the fact as well with the war skin as well, the fact it had its own sort of AI as well. Because mm, there's that scene yeah. where Gelsa takes it over, or, uh, you know, using the newer sphere, and basically yeah. it turns into like a sentry, <laughs> yeah, like a yeah. guardian. I thought that was brilliant. I thought it was mm. really cool. I mean, what was your thoughts on Olvasia's side of things? She is really interesting. Like Exasus. Uh, is really different to a lot of the uh, Magos we see usually in the fluff, but like we can compare them to like Belisarius Call, for example, with that mm-hmm. same sort of more serpentine body shape, shrouded in robes. But then Olvati is just basically a floating sphere made out of several chunks that all circle around each other, and in the center <laughs> yeah. is the remains of the nervous system and some mechanical parts. And yeah. it's just this hovering ball of <laughs> weird archaeotech, basically. And I really liked that for just how different it was to everything. Mm. Like like I said, Exasus is kind of similar to previous Magos designs a little bit. But then Olvatia is really out there. It's like, here we've got the floating orb of doom. Within it lies the <laughs> last... orb of doom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Within it are, you know... You know the brain and spinal column of some of some woman from a couple of hundred years ago, and you know it's got access to all these little gadgets that are hidden behind the the shielding layers of metal that just kind of rotate around. And yeah, I loved it. It was like also like how different the two of them in comparison were for like locomotion. Like Ovata, you know, drifts everywhere mm-hmm. and you know hovers at a steady pace, and then you have things where you know Exasus runs around on all these little legs and, you know, scurries up things, clings to things, you know, stretches and presses mm-hmm. into spaces and things like that. And that 
complete difference in mobility just based on design is so interesting to me and like speaks a lot to like where the character's priorities lie almost you could say like Olvatia is all about a consolidation of power I'm the bit that matters I've got to move around and Exasis wants to be flexible they want to test new things Mm. they want to be able to get into spaces that other people might not be able to you know they like to run all these simulations they like to test new things well here's a body perfect for testing and for experimenting because it can go anywhere it can do anything it's this all-terrain millipede basically <laughs> all-terrain mill- yeah that sums it up actually yeah it's i i thought i i think that flexibility really enhanced the character both from the sub personas the the secondary and the tactical but also like i said the war skin i think really made it mm. and it, it sort of it it made Exasis come across like a character that was prepared for everything. Like, right, I'm oh, going to yeah. make sure, I, you know, and also was a bit of a, a hands-on um, Magos mm. Dominus as well. You know, yeah. as, in, as in they were... Hands-on. <laughs> yeah. With all those yeah. little hands. Hands, yeah. But literally, because, you know, like, rather, like, there's that scene where, especially when they're getting attacked by the Emperor's children and things like that, that that uh, Exasis is is moving from one situation. It's not like mm. just uh, sitting in a room and just directing things. Is like all right, I'm you know running. Literally, there's that. That's where the millipede thing comes yeah. around, where where yeah. they're r- like running from room to room to you know to uh, you know to make sure I'm in the right position. And that's again another thing I really liked was the fact that that as the major dominus that that they've got the power over all the skatari but can also actually mm. look through their eyes and go right i'm going to take control of that alpha and i'm going to control that mm. team and there's this really cool bit that it mentions as well where, where when it comes to alphas over the skatari is that when they when they've lost a lot of their number the fact that the alphas will take on some of the skatari that are without an mm. alpha so you've got this sort of weird sort of oh yeah you can be part of my family now situation mm. it's yeah which yeah. makes sense because it's, again it's efficient so you know mm. so if they lost their alpha then you've got like you know five skatari they're like well we haven't got a leader anymore and then the other alpha's like oh you can be part of my squad now and like, oh okay mm-hmm. and and it's all automated that's what i think i like yeah. about it as yeah. well it didn't feel like it's not like normal human soldiers where their numbers are getting thin so they're like right okay we're gonna you know, you can be part of my squad and, you know, we're what we're whatever's left. They're like, it's just, it's almost like, it's like a subroutine, like a program. Mm. Just run up, do, 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 right, okay, there we go. We're now in the most efficient way we can be <laughs> within, <laughs> within seconds. It's, yeah. uh, which, which, you know, sums it up. And, and that's, and it's sort of, with that, from Exasis' position, that's what they're there to do to, to, you know, to make sure everything's as efficient as possible, you know, and the, the, you know, that, and that's where the defense comes in, where, you know, they're, they're moving around Skatari in particular situations. They're best up there and they're over there. And it's, it, it, it was a really good insight into yeah. how they, how they fight again, compared to some of the other forces, because it's similar to the, the space Marines, because obviously they, mm. they've got their particular ways of rank and filing, but they sort of end up doing their own thing. Whereas the Skatari are literally automated, but yeah. You know, in that way, it's yeah. I don't know. It's just quite an interesting way of doing it. Um, right. Okay. Is there anything else you particularly want to highlight? Oh, I mean, I, I think that's about it. Like, I, I just love this book as a deep, deep dive into the admech. Basically, yeah, definitely. It was <laughs> yeah. really great. Um, for again, like you said, way, way back earlier, it was something not with Space Marines in. 
Like, there, there were Empress children, but it was never from their perspective. They were just this nope. terrifying obstacle on occasion. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like that it got me talking to Gav Thorpe, who made me write a short <laughs> story for him. Um, <laughs> ah, I was going to say, plug, go, on, go on, Cameron, plug that. Yeah. Um, so uh, I made a terrible autocorrect error when I tweeted about finishing this book uh, in the tweet that I tagged Gav Thorpe and I went, oh, seems I've been struck by the scourge of autonomous correction. And then Gav Thorpe was like, well, now I want to write a short story about that. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll write a short story about that. I said, do it. And then I, I was forced to because Gav Thorpe ordered me to. Um, so that's up on our site, <laughs> romanruin.com, I believe. Yes, you it want is. To read through it? yeah. it's, it's, it's just a short little story about a, an old crank, cranky Castellan robot who, who's autocorrect causes him to misunderstand things. To, uh, to very bad effect. Um. <laughs> well, Gav, Gav was impressed with it, so yeah, done well, I, I was I was very happy that he liked it, uh, especially for something I'm <laughs> like an hour on a Friday night. I should go back yeah. and polish that up sometime. Um, but yeah, <laughs> no, but you're right though. It, they, I think this is a really good novel because I, I I you know I always read the reviews of, of any novels mm. that I read with with. The 40k and, and age of sigma um not that it makes a difference but i was just intrigued oh, yeah. to see what other people think and I, I i think the reviews on this book are a bit harsh i mean a lot, a lot of, you know some people like it but some people were very mm. scathing of this book and yeah. I, I and i think some people are unfortunately a bit scathing of gav in general and mm. I, I mean i personally like his novels and i'm i'm not criticizing anyone for that that doesn't like his novels because yeah. we've, we've all got different taste in things so that's that's cool. I just think that sometimes he, he's got a reputation that he doesn't really deserve, you know, in a negative mm. way. I think, he, yeah. you know, whereas up to yeah. me, he's nailed this book. Oh, you know, yeah. he, 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 like we've said, you've got, you've got this uh, view of the Adeptus Mechanicus. You've got the view of the, of the, uh, you know, Legio Metallica, how the Scutari mm. work. Um, you know, you've got concepts of AI souls and what's what's it what's it is it i do you have a soul is this real mm, um mm. you know the hierarchy between the tributi and all the other uh sections uh, yeah. you know you've got the, the the being a small part of the machine to being a bigger part you've got the battle on the inside to battle on the outside mm. both you know both mm. physically and you know mentally as well <laughs> you know you've got corruption you've got chaos you know it's got a bit of everything and i think yeah i think for anyone that's interested in the adeptus mechanicus interested in the titan legions or just want something that's a bit different to the you know to a mm. lot of other mm. 40k novels then this one you can't go far wrong really i you know i i know we there's this whole pronoun thing i personally don't think it's an issue i really mm, don't definitely. i think you just just got just you know go with it it's not as big an impact as i think people made it out to be and i yeah. think you know because i think if you if you look at that and it puts you off reading it it'll be a shame because i think you're at this is a, mm. a great novel to read and i think that's a little thing to you know to get to stand in the way of you reading it mm. but uh, no give it i but, but i said i i think we're both in agreement aren't we just just give oh, it yeah. a go give this one give a read it it's a fantastic you know novel and yeah it's just it's just something a bit different uh right cool okay right. well i think that's been our main law topic it's nice to been doing something that's not you know that's a bit different so mm. uh, like i said we'll take our last little break and when we're back we're going to go into our aos discussion topic and predict what we think is going to happen in the future law wise back soon <laughs> and welcome back to the last part of the show it's discussion time 
again. We haven't, we didn't do this last episode because of uh, Soul War reasons, <laughs> Megasode reasons. So we thought we'd bring it back. And talking about Soul Wars, as we alluded to earlier in the episode, we're going to do this one a little bit different as well. So rather than our usual discuss- discussion topic where we ask a question and we have for and against and things like that, we've been a bit more general with this one. Mm. So, because it's something we didn't really get a chance to cover on the last episode because we already had done six and a half hours of <laughs> Soul Wars talk. So, basically, on this one, we're trying to, you know, between the two of us, just throw some theories out of that what may happen next in the law. You know, just little things in, you know, post Soul Wars. So, Soul Wars has mm. dropped now. So what, you know, what do we think is going to happen next? I mean, I'm sure some of the things we'll mention are things that we've already mentioned before because, <laughs> you know, that's what we do. So we'll, you know, just take it in turns and just have a general chat about it and sort of see what, you know, what we think is going to happen. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. so starting with yourself, Cameron, throw mm. us a theory. What do you think may happen? Oh, like I want to, I want to dive right in with the Slanesh stuff, but I'm going to go off on a branch first. Oh, uh, Gorkamork is going to start a great war again, uh, <laughs> and that'll be an excuse for a great, like, full year of destruction releases. Um. <laughs> Do you know what? That's my that's my last one. I've, mm. My last one here is huge, devastating war. Yeah, in, yeah. in brackets, Gorkamorka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it's it's about time the boys have been spoiling for a good fight. You know, get them out there, get her done. <laughs> <laughs> do you so do you think it would be Gorkamorka that would bring them all together or do oh you think, yeah I, absolutely because I, I i saw i thought it'd be either Gorkamorka that may do it or mm. you may again similar to the beast in 40k mm, mm. a very huge orc gets them together potentially yeah so, yeah, like, so but you're right though destruction yeah. needs it oh yeah I, I mean it could be like gordrak does it um but mm-hmm. Uh, he's the he's the Fistergork. He's uh one of the Iron Jaws special characters. Uh, mm-hmm. on top of the big bad uh giant frog monster. Uh, whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> you know those things that don't look like yeah. they should be able to fly, but for some reason can fly. Um, more crusher. That was the word. Yeah, the one. The one they get. Cha- he gets chained to. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, I, I could see Gordrak leading it, but I would really love to see like Gorkamorka lead the charge, as it were. Um, yeah, <laughs> mostly because honestly, he's he's been a bit quiet recently. Don't know what's up he with has. him. Uh, it, hey, if there's been some change in the law that I'm not aware of, where Gorkamorka's gone off and died somewhere, someone please tell me. Because <laughs> no, I don't that think that's happened. I think I, I think a bit like destruction. He's in limbo. <laughs> not not yeah. um, not Sinesh limbo. That's a different no, type of limbo. No. Um, <laughs> but I think Gorkamorka just i don't know i think i don't know mm. i think they just need to do something with him i think he's just he's gone off stomping and yeah, killing but yeah. he's not, he's not really been part of the the scene really i think he's no. just doing his own thing which is a shame really i mean what would be really crazy and i know it's not going to happen but i would love it if it would it's been you know it's been millennia since the uh since the age of myth you know the gates of azaheim mm-hmm. have never been breached who no. better to kick down the door and burn down the realm of heavens than Gorkamorka and his boys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. Yes. I would love that. Because, like, like, you know, new additions and new story arcs in Age of Sigma work on big new threats. Like, initially it was the Age of Chaos. Like, 
you know, the Chaos Gods have overrun everything. This is the big threat. The entire realm, you know, every realm is about to fall to Chaos completely. That's where Age of Sigmar kicks off. And then now it's Soul Wars. Nagash is the big bad foe, but, you know, he's got his entire realm set up to protect him. He's got all his new armies. Uh, what what better big threat than as than Azir, you know, the one realm that's yeah. been untouched this entire time, basically, for there to be this, you know, this sort of lightning raid on it by the forces of destruction to herald this great war that burns every realm to the ground, and, you know, that's the next big threat. That would be so cool. I would love that. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, you know, there's rumors for Moon Clan Grotz releases coming up and everything, and I'm yeah, really there into is. that as well. Um, but I would love to see, cause, cause like, there's something that I've not been able to get out of my head, which is Legions of Nagash, the battle tome, was really interesting for me because it, it was like a Grand Alliance book, but not. It was a little more focused, but it still let you use almost everything from death in one big army. True. I would love to see, because, you know, I, I I was around for Fantasy Battle. Like, I remember the old Greenskins armies and the old Skaven <laughs> armies and everything. I remember back in the day. I remember back in the day. I never really took part, but I remember, like, I loved the battle <laughs> reports. I would read them. I would read up. They were great. super interested yeah. in everything. They were fantastic. Like, I I don't have a big issue with the way Age of Sigma has broken down everything into sub-factions, but... The Legions of Nakash battle tome really sort of points out, no, you can also do battle tomes that are everything thrown together and it can work really well yeah. and be really thematic. I want, you know, a Legions of Gorkamorka book. I want a Legions <laughs> of yes. Legions of the Great Horned Rat book to bring mm-hmm. Skaven into one book, to bring all the green yep. skins into one book. You know? Uh, uh, have a Legion of the Great Moor get all the ogres working together again. That'd be great. Yeah, you know? see that happening? Yep. And then you could, you know, you could have a, a Forces of the Elves book as well and bring back all the yeah. disparate high and dark elves together so you can actually <laughs> play those old armies as a single sort of congruent force without having to go Grand Alliance Order, for example. Yeah, well, that, that's, what, that's what I've got. I've got that actually as a possible theory. <laughs> I've, I've put it under as Elves Unite, mm. where, oh, hell you, yeah. like I said, not, not, <laughs> not necessarily the ones that that have already been established like the deep kin and the the daughters mm. but like i said all the others that i mean it, i think it depends really what happens with the techless Tyrian malarian elves yeah that yeah. are gonna happen at some point it oh, depends yeah. what combination they do because as we've alluded to before there's gonna be these light shadow elves of some sort it, mm. it depends on how they combine them it depends if we it depends if they're going to be two separate factions are we going to have the light elves of techless and Tyrion and mm. the mm. you know former dark elves of malarian or uh, they may combine them potentially mm-hmm. you know to be a, a sort of because i <laughs> i think i did it on the discord a while ago where i theorized where that you could have this light shadow elf combination and then mm. when and they morph similar to uh, or when they die i should say similar to pink and horrors. blue horrors yeah. yeah yeah you know where i mean people had a heart attack because obviously that was like <laughs> think how many more models you'd have to buy because oh that. yeah but just but it'd be awesome if they start off as like a light elf mm. and then they die and then their soul changes and they become a shadow elf and they their form completely changes and mm. you know i just thought that'd be an awesome idea it depends i i it depends because 
I suppose back in the day, that would have never happened in the old no. world because that's basically combining high elves and dark elves and they mm. absolutely detest each other. But but the fact that Teclis, Tyrion and Malarian are playing mm. well together at the moment, so yeah. to speak, the, as a common goal, they could form, mm. you know, this sort of a, a weird alliance which, you know, combines it. I don't know. It'd be interesting. Yeah. But yeah. but you're, you're right, though. They, it'd be really cool if they had, like, an an elf book where it, you know, it, it basically brings together the daughters, deep kin, whatever that happens with the light and shadow elves, plus all the others that are hanging around the old mm. ones, yeah. basically. And sort of as one big banner that, like I said, it's, it's irrelevant that it's mm. about order and things like yeah. that. It's yeah. just elves as a, as a whole. Yeah. So that'd be and, cool. And I mean, like there's no barrier to it. Like in fantasy battle, there was the big barrier of these were, they were they were still elves, but they were completely separate cultures and completely separate yes. races, almost at a point like they bred apart over time. But in Age of Sigma, all those old models are now they're they're all the same species. They're all just elves. But yes. the reason the dark elves look darker is because they're of a slightly more mercenary bent. They're of a slightly more we hang around this evil sorceress bent, and the light elves <laughs> are you know, the high elves, I should say. Uh, kind of that lighter gooder aesthetic because they're officials you know they work for the mm. government they, they are the messengers they are the guardians of the temples and things like that there's no reason they can't work together cohesively as a single force so like no and they often do in mixed order armies but well yeah because those yeah. barriers have been broken down really since mm. back in the day because it's almost the bigger picture i mean the fact that teclis Tyrion, and malarian are, are combining to deal with sinesh Mm. as a whole it's because it's because of the bigger picture ultimately sanesh has been uh, you know hounding the elves and literally eating them for all this time yeah. that they thought yeah. no let's forget what happened back in the world that was let's join together and 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 deal with it because i suppose ultimately elves are, are, are quite a shattered race amongst others mm. where they're all over the place i mean you know as we've sp- spoken about before where Mal- you know malarian and marathi have been looking around for elves and like yeah. mm, where are they and can't really find any <laughs> they're just sort of yeah. lingering around yeah. you know so it'd be good to bring them all together in some yeah. sort of way yeah right um what, any other theories you got i mean i mean obviously there's this little nash one which is mm-hmm. at some point, hopefully within a year's time of our actual physical real world time, because I, I don't want to wait too long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Solnesh will break loose. It's going to happen. It's yeah, completely of it's set happen. up. And like, I don't want Games Workshop to jump the shark and, you know, subvert our expectations. And like, Solnesh doesn't actually break out. Someone comes and kills him. Like a keeper of secrets comes and kills Solnesh and then takes over. I don't really mm-hmm. want that. I just want Solnesh no. to break out. You know, it's yeah. it's been set up perfectly. You know, have let us have our six months of Soul Wars or whatever, and then Slanesh. Slanesh breaks free. The hosts of Slanesh are back. The Empress children back in 40k, whatever. I just... <laughs> like, Age of Sigmar's high fantasy is really good for, like, a new rebranding of the Slanesh aesthetic, I think. Absolutely. Like, yeah. we see it with, the say, the Stormcast Sacrosanct Chamber. They're sleeker. They're meaner looking. They're very stylish and beautiful. Mm. dial that up as high as it goes slap it on every single model in the chaos range and it's slanesh <laughs> it's gonna be great um like you Camera's know ecstasy yeah exactly <laughs> i have an excess of wanting for slanesh but like and you know some people will moan like oh there's not enough boobs or oh it's not sexy enough well, it doesn't need to be sexy slanesh no he's not, not he's not all about lust he's about excess 
you are excessively yeah, vain. You're excessively beautiful or excessively proud mm. of your of your skill with swords. As long as those models represent that kind of vain glory kind of ideal, they will be great. Like, old uh, Sigvald, I think his name was, the old Warriors of Chaos Slanesh champion, Mm. was an amazing Slanesh model and not a tit on him, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's a tit-free zone here. But no, but you're right, though, because I also, I think from the lore, it it just doesn't seem right that they'll have a god trapped for all that time. Mm. I mean, it still still baffles me in a way that they managed to trap him in the first place. And I I can understand understand it because I was... Yeah. But it it just doesn't seem something that will be forever because that would oh, just no, be weird. No. And it would be a waste of a god. Uh, mm. You know, when you've got the four main gods and one of them's just like stuck in limbo, can't do anything. It's like, that's yeah. a, what that's, they may as well not exist mm-hmm. ultimately. So no, I, I think Sinesh will break three. Um, and also I think it will, it will, it'll give Sinesh some hunger because obviously, mm. because obviously the souls have been drained out of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it needs to go on a another elf hunt again, yeah. and and sort of re- and obviously really take vengeance because of the the situation mm. he's been in, mm. sort of in, in trapped in a in a in a prison between you know between realms. So no, I I think it's a perfect. It's going to happen. I, I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's again, it's same. It's the same with the light shadow elves, whatever that ends up being. Mm. But it's going to happen. It's 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 more when as opposed to yeah if. yeah. Um, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a curveball mm. one in here. Okay. Now, this is, so, I'm thinking that there's a potential where the slan, which we you know, mm. with regards to the seraphon, the slan mm. obviously bring the seraphon in due to memories where they start forgetting properly. So, okay. obviously, yeah. we know that as seraphon die, then it it the, the memory of that seraphon wanes you know similar to what happens with the the storm cast mm. when the, the the constant reforging but i sort of got this theory that you could have this situation where the seraphon get trapped um yeah. where the slan of literally just can't bring them into existence so they they sort of almost similar to like it almost like sanesh gets <laughs> gets released and then in turn the seraphon get trapped not yeah. directly but where they they get trapped in the sense that they have to battle them them, them way out of it, um, okay. or yeah. or you can have it the other way round, where the slan the slan are no more. Either they end up getting all killed off, or they're just not around or disappear, mm. and then the seraphon are in limbo because they can't get brought into existence. Mm. Um, so yeah. I I don't know. I just think they could run some interesting thing with that. I don't yeah. you know where they've got because I mean I because I think. They they could they're sl- the seraphon are slightly under underused at times, mm. and I think that rather than just being pure anti chaos, they could I don't just go a slightly different direction with them, like yeah. almost give them something to do, put okay. them, put them in a predicament yeah. of yeah, some yeah. sort. I, I but, like that. Um, I think it might not go exactly that way because Games Workshop has deliberately made things wibbly wobbly and somewhat unclear with exactly how seraphon <laughs> work. Because yeah. we know that there are actually spawning pools. There's a malign important story where on a mm, land ship, yeah. there is a spawning pool which births the Seraphon. And I think the best theory I've seen is that it's less that the Slan remember them into existence. It's more that it's like a delayed teleportation where when yeah. the, where the Seraphon, you know, the, the Saurus exists some, mm. somewhere. There's like a Saurus, there's a Saurus warrior sitting in his house in Azir. And there's a slam <laughs> all the way over in Shamon, you know, doing yeah. a battle. And the slam goes, I remember that Saurus. 
uh, and starts thinking really hard and begins constructing a body for the source's soul at the same time as using magic mm. to deconstruct the original body. And this is why normally when Seraphon fall in battle, they don't leave bodies behind because it's a long term process. Like it takes time for the body to become a physical body rather than just a magical body. Yeah. And like, it, like, like I said, it's like a slow teleport. Like the Seraphon is there and able to fight immediately, but they're not really physical until mm. they've spent a long time. Um, and I like that. I like the idea of the slan perhaps dying off, perhaps getting lost somewhere. And then the Seraphon, you know, the, as a race, as a, as a culture, having to go without these overlord masters that have, yeah. you know, been their guidance for all eternity. Like Feral Saurus, for example, that were spawned at the wrong time. So they're, mm. they're raised differently. They're more aggressive. They're more destructive. They're harder to control. Um, Actually, I think it was in that same Malign Porn short story, like, a Saurus guarding the spawning pools warned the skink about to turn the spawning pool on, that it's not time for this one to turn on. If you do it, the people, the, the Saurus that come out will be different than they're meant to be. You know, they'll be twisted in some way by the fact that their birth isn't as it was ordained, kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So, I, uh, I, I think maybe not exactly what you think, where maybe they're stuck in a not-able-to-respawn or resummon loop, but maybe in a loop where... They're, they're spawning, they're spawning plenty, but they're crazed and feral and sort of more like a, yeah. a horde or a rabble rather than these serried <laughs> ranks of astral guardians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I suppose it, it, that sort of runs parallel with what we've spoken about when we've spoken about corrupt or potential mm. corrupt Stormcast as well. It, you know, because I, I suppose, the, like we know that the, the reforging process with the Stormcast yeah. Yeah. is affecting them <laughs> for the worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it could almost be a similar thing with the Seraphon, you know, where they, mm. like you said, that this constant teleporting or spawning or, you know, whatever we want to look at it, that it has an adverse effect on them potentially. Mm. So, yeah, that'd mm. be interesting, actually, to see if they... Excellent. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Um, I mean, yeah, Corrupt Stormcast, I think, is, is on the is on the cards. <laughs> so, you know, it depends, again, depends what we mean by that. You, you know, cause obviously mm. it could go one of three ways. You could have chaos stormcast, you yeah. could have death um, stormcast, or you could have sort of a neutral, just rebellious stormcast that mm. doesn't, that's not fighting for chaos, but then is against, you know, the, the Sigma regime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I exactly. think that would be, so, I think the, re- the, re- the stormcast rebellion would be super, super interesting. Cause yeah, like, uh, I, I feel you've mentioned this before, but, like, Stormcast as a whole seem very Hail Sigma, we'll do our jobs, etc., etc., but yeah. they've lost a lot because of Sigma. Like, again, <laughs> yeah, get you to read in Soul Wars, um, but <laughs> um, there, is, there is a Stormcast soul that does its best to not be reforged because during the reforging process, it's able to properly remember what Sigmar took from it in making mm-hmm. it a Stormcast, you know? I'm, yeah. I'm trying to be vague to avoid spoilers here, but, you know. <laughs> I thought. <laughs> the, the, the end result of Soul Wars, the book, is uh, Sigmar's not a very good guy. Um, no, he's not. I, I think first, before we get outright chaos or outright death or outright rebellious Stormcast, we will get mutation kind of Stormcast, like the Blood mm-hmm. Angels or the Space Wolves will get We'll start getting storm hosts that are a little more extreme than others. Yeah. You know, they lose yeah, themselves more that. easily. They might have more physical mutations. Uh, we know that stormcasts can be physically mutated. There's ones with lightning hair or that glow in the dark and things like that. Um, 
I'm thinking of Gardas from the from the Hell of yeah. Nights. Obviously, he doesn't glow yeah. just in the dark. He just glows in general as long as he's not thinking too hard about it. <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry, I've got this image of glow in the dark. Yeah. Stormcast. You know, you take him, you shake him up, you set him down, you turn the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh man. Right. <laughs> Um, any any other theories? Um, oh, I have one. My brain just turned off. Hold on. Um, we will get more death updates, which yes, we are going to get. I'm going to call this now. We're going to get a death rattle battle tome, and we're going to get a dead walkers battle tome. So mm. one for skeletons, one for zombies. Again, yeah, get you to read in Soul Wars, but in Soul Wars there are two undead characters that are perfect for new mortar. <coughs> For a legion of dead walkers and a legion of death rattle. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to see whites, as in the skeletal whites of Age of Sigma, make a big comeback in a death rattle battle tome. You know, you have your basic skeleton troops, you have white kings, you have white lieutenants, white cavalry, all this kind of awesome stuff. Uh, a lot of which already does exist, like they wouldn't have to make a ton of new kits. No, that's but true. Could, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I could see them getting creative. You know, your basic troops are the skeletons. You've got the Black Knight for cavalry. You've got your White King for your normal general. Here's a few special characters. Here's a couple of extra units. Um, all of this can be used in Legions and Vagash. And then, like, for Deadwalkers, your basic troops are zombies. And what I want is different kinds of zombies. Like, I want a heavy-hitting unit of Ogor zombies or of Oryx zombies and that kind of thing to sort of differentiate things. You know, yeah. Um, get more, get a little scaveny with it. Get those sort of amalgamations <laughs> of twisted flesh for your big behemoth monsters and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, and you know, for your Mortark, have that one uh, zombie lady from Soul Wars the book who walks around on a palanquin of stitched together zombies. That kind of stuff. It's great. <laughs> you really are trying to convince me to read this book. Read the book. It's so good. I've got Matthew. it on my shelf, actually. I, I do own it now. I just need to get, find the time to read get it. Get to reading it. You found, you found the time to read Callus and Toll. Come on. <laughs> I know. I, I, the, my, the little caveat is that's an audio book, so I can I can Fair. listen to it at work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I get to work, listen to so many. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Cool. That's my other big theory is there will be more death releases either further along this year or maybe sometime late next year if we do something else in between. You know, it's yeah. like the Soul Wars is the big threat. Nick Ash is the big threat. Oh no, something's happened with Solanesh. Or oh no, something's happened with Destruction. And then a little later down the line, oh no, Nick Ash is reminding us that he's the big bad right now. He has all these zombies and skeletons everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, actually, on the back of that, I've thought mm, will they bring the tomb kings back now that's uh, something that's been asked a few times from people now you could have a situation where if they chose to bring the tomb kings back i could see it because nagash is open to mistakes as we well yeah. know <laughs> yeah. like what we do with the necroquake <laughs> mm. i think there's a potential where if they did want to bring him back that he accidentally brings setra back now oh, let's put Let's oh. put aside, set this theory that Setra is potentially the Celestant Prime. Say that isn't the case, mm. which is a good chance it isn't. And yeah. it could be like Carl Franz, for example. I think that the, he could bring him back accidentally, and then you have this massive, massive rivalry between Nagash mm. and Setra, oh, where Setra is almost on par with Nagash. Mm. And there's almost like this death civil war to a yeah. degree, but, yeah. um, you know, in, in that sense. 
uh, yeah, I could I could see, but because it would be a shame if they just brought Tomb Kings back if they do, and just mm. you know like oh yeah, here's just another force, and they just you know they're just kicking back just as another option. It it'd be great where Nagash is sort of basically having to deal with it on his doorstep yet again, and yeah. I just yeah. think bring Setra is was an awesome character in mm. Warhammer Fantasy. He was badass. You couldn't you know you couldn't put this guy down <laughs> he, he took no crap from anyone and mm. i just think you know he's he's way you know he, he wants to get revenge on chaos but he also he, he's got nagash's number as well so i think yeah. that have a death you know oh, civil man. war of man, of man of speaking would be awesome as that well that would be good and like with age of sigma as it currently is with the entire setting like filled to the brim with death magic yep. etc has the chance to be a real god you that's know? what i mean i'd say yeah. bring him to god status that's what i mean bring him on par with mm. nagash oh yeah. i just think of the oh. miniature as well oh that'd be good right oh, I'm, I'm just thinking of <laughs> thinking of all the like statue uh monsters that could come along yeah with it. i i, I yeah. loved the old tomb king um the ushaptis i think they were and stuff mm-hmm. yeah like the the guardian statues and stuff was so great oh man we can only but dream <laughs> we can only but dream um, <laughs> I think the the other sort of last theory that I've got is where I've put Skaven become a big player. Um, yes. it, I think that if there's a potential, if it if the Orc War that we were talking about or the Destruction War, mm. you could ha- I there's always a potential for a Skaven version because obviously we know as we've covered before that Skaven don't work well together. But what happens if they decided to for a while, yeah. even if it's for a good amount of time, where they they properly screw over parts of the mortal mm. realms rather than just doing their usual bit here, bit there, you know, <laughs> if, like they did with, again with the Necroquake where they, was, yeah. they where they were where they shouldn't have been, but where they properly put their heads together and start taking over part, you know, different realms potentially, mm. you know, where again, I don't know. It's just, it'd, it'd be an, yeah. it's a, another alternative as well. Yeah. So it could happen. I mean, uh, as we've said before with the Mortal Realms, we've got so many <laughs> options of what they could do. Any of these yeah, things we've covered yeah. are... Pot- I mean, we know that some of these things will probably happen, and there's obviously mm. m- most of these probably mm. won't, but it, you know, they can go in any of these directions with it, yeah, and it'd yeah. be interesting to see what they do next. Oh, man. So you mentioned the Skaven. Here, here's my just-formed-off-the-top-of-my-head-out-there theory. So you know how, <laughs> how the Skaven survived the end of the Old World by teleporting mm. their entire city into the warp? Yes. What happens if they decide to teleport Skaven Blight back and they go, oh, how about we pick Hammerhall, Aksha, and we just teleport <laughs> Skaven Blight inside the city? Like, so it's lodged. <laughs> oh, be brilliant. So it's like lodged at like a 90 degree angle inside the city. There's Skaven <laughs> falling out of the sky. There's buildings <laughs> melded together and everything. <laughs> That'd be oh, great. Oh my God, I would love that. It'd be so good. And it'd make a real threat. Like, there are billions of Skaven out there already and like another hundred billion just fell into mm. one of the realms. Oh, I would love that to be the Skaven Like, the Skaven Death Star, quotation marks, is we just teleport our (laughs) capital city inside your capital city. (laughs) And then we teleport it back out, and your entire people, all your populace is dead or enslaved. You know, the buildings are falling down. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, Games Workshop, get on it. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. Fight something like that. Oh. oh, with difficulty. <laughs> with difficulty. <laughs> oh dear, more than yeah, more than pest control, definitely. Um, 
Yeah. So yeah. So I think that's our our theories as part of this discussion mm. topic. It'll mm. be you know it's a bit of a watch this space. Obviously, with Solar Wars being dropped, and obviously like we alluded to earlier, where they're constantly throwing down uh, mm. new models, and and there's going to be new new battle tomes. You know, they, they can go where they want with this. There's going to be new and improved things here. I think that ultimately we're going to see some new races. That is going mm. to be on the in in the works as we speak. There is going to be new races sort of the oh, yeah. like i said there's rumors that you got you know the moon clan grots are going to be next you've got mm-hmm. you know whatever they do mm-hmm. with the, the light and shadow elves oh, yep. there could be a real curveball there could be real like we could see a race that comes out of nowhere that is nothing like Ooh. we've seen before you know there's always that as well Man. who knows um you know you know what it is going to be though what sky pirate grots sky pirate grots that'd be uh, awesome I saw oh, someone that... do do a Caradron Force converted to Orbi Grods, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah it's really, that. yeah." Because I, I, I think they're mentioned in the Caradron Battle Tome somewhere. I oh, think wow, is where I'll they got the inspiration. But I'm like, that would be a great destruction faction. <laughs> <laughs> Watch this space, Age of Sigma. There's <laughs> plenty of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Cool, right? So that's been our discussion topic. Uh, it's been a cool one, and. That's been episode 11. So we'll just, I'll quickly wrap up with the admin stuff and then we'll be on our way. So, um, as always, if you've got a few minutes to give us an iTunes reviews, it's much greatly appreciated. Uh, we've had a few more since, and there have been some lovely, kind words mm. from people, which is always great to hear. So I know it's a bit of a faff, because I know iTunes is a bit of a difficult one sometimes to review on, because not everyone's got the chance to. But like I said, if, you, if you've if mm. got a chance, it, like I said, it is really cool if you could. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Realm and Ruin. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Realm and Ruin, and you can find the website at realmandruin.com. Uh, we're going to keep trying. I know it's a bit bare at times when it comes to like some of the articles, but we are trying to get on you know as much stuff as we can on there. It's, again, it's always just down to time and everything. So as I said, you can see Cameron's uh, little short story on there as well. I've got a short story that I want to write. I just yes, need to find the time it, to man. write it. it. I've got I've got a really cool idea. So I will Excellent. hopefully. I'm not going to commit to time scales because I'm crap with that. So I will hopefully get it. You know, when I've got a spare an hour or two, I will write it and I'll put it up on the website. Um, what else we got? Um, if anyone, like I said, wants to contact us with any of those channels because they want us to cover a particular topic in the future then feel free to do so. We've had suggestions in the past and, you know, we always log them ready for when we want to cover something. Otherwise we will mix it up with what we fancy doing as well. Um, Same reason. If you ever want a guest on the show, like we've had a few guests Mm. before, again, contact us on Twitter, Facebook, the website. It's all, you know, all there for you Mm. to speak to us. And obviously the other thing we I always keep plugging is obviously our discord server um again we've had a few people that have joined us since as well which always is keep you know it keeps growing and what's really cool as well is people like i've said to you said before is people will join where they don't even have discord in the first place they're setting up discord to you know to join the server which is really cool as well and we've you know and and it's funny i must admit when i watch or read some of the conversations which i'm not directly part of it's i, I feel i feel like a like a father like oh Look at our children all here talking <laughs> <laughs> about Warhammer. Oh, it's really cool. So, no, as I said, the link will be in the description. Get on it and uh, join in the conversation. And lastly, uh, where can people find you on the wonderful internet, Cameron? Uh, you can find me on the Twitter uh, at night underscore twitten. Um, I am currently 
posting things about No Man's Sky next because that's great. And I've been having a lot of fun <laughs> so uh, running around, dying in horrible weather conditions. But, you know, I, I post about a lot of things, uh, a lot of cat pictures if you're into that, a lot of food pictures if you're into that. Um, so, yeah, uh, you can follow me on there if you would like some of that. Or otherwise, just follow Realm and Ruin for the actual Warhammer content we know you love and crave. Absolutely. <laughs> And you can find me also on Twitter at NinjaBadger7. And yeah, I, I, I try to put stuff on there. It's just I end up putting most of it on, on the Realm and Ruin Twitter really now. But yeah. yeah, just like I said, playing No Man's Sky and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, so this has been episode 11. You know, the Realm and Ruin train keeps on going. And uh, as always, thank you very much for your support. And hope you've enjoyed this episode. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye.